So, um, wow. yeah. So, you know, she's, uh, I don't know. She's lucky to be alive. Thing. Yeah. At least she's yeah. good. Well, it's, we'll see her in Cayman. I mean, listen, yeah. you know what happened to uh, Kanye's mom. I mean, mm-hmm. she went in for like some just liposuction and that. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's how she died. Yeah. She died from after plastic surgery. Yeah. I found out that a cousin of mine who lives in Florida. Okay. Mm-hmm. When I we were, went to Disney, mm-hmm. took a flight. Didn't tell anybody. Took a mm-hmm. flight to um, California and then made her way into Mexico and had um, had lipo done or okay. whatever. And or had a tuck. She's Tummy okay. Tuck. Yeah, thank God. That's good. Yeah, no, that's scary. Oh wow, that, but that's not that's totally not smart though. Because no, normally what ends up happening is you get a phone call. To say, oh, there's something wrong with your daughter, your cousin, whatever. And right. you're like, what do you mean she's in Mexico? We were just like, what? Yeah. Nobody she's knew. Like a mom of kids and stuff is weird. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people try to hide it, which I don't know why. I mean, listen, Pay if you want to get plastic surgery done, mm-hmm. you know, you just got to be smart about it. Mm. Yeah. Um. So this is like totally news of the weird, but a dog accidentally shot and killed its owner. Hmm. <laughs> it's just bizarre. I don't like to Only laugh about it, but it was like the dogs. Like, yeah, America apparently they were out um, hunting, and the dog stepped on the rifle. Why was which... the rifle loaded and well, try yeah on the, on the floor, like just sitting ready to go? Like anyway, yep. yeah. I mean, don't you put like safety clips or anything on these things? Yeah, I don't know much about weapons, but don't. I thought that would probably be a good idea. Anyway, the owner was shot and killed. Joseph Austin Smith, thirty-two years old of Wichita, Kansas, was shot in the back inside of a pickup truck. Um, so it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that is unfortunate. And I think the, the overarching headline there is, um, and something that's just been said in the last day, just because of all that's been happening in yeah. California, Ugh. there have been 39 mass shootings in the U.S. in three weeks yep. of, the, of this year. No, 39, 39 people killed. There's been... No. Nope. Well, no, it was up to six or seven yesterday. No, it's been like 39. every, there was like five states where there hasn't been a yeah. mass shooting. In. Yeah, there's 39 mass shootings in three weeks. Oh, that's crazy. And, and mass shootings are characterized as four or more people. It's four or more, right? I know they had mm-hmm. another one. There had just been two in California. Um, yeah, two, was, yeah it was just those yesterday. Oh yeah. my God, it's crazy. So if you're a passenger using Air Canada and you travel to Jamaica in particular, between Jamaica and Canada, be prepared to pay some extremely outrageous baggage fees. First bag will be $30. After that, you're going to pay $200 for your what? second bag. What? Wait, what happened? <laughs> On Air Canada. And and each um, additional... Each additional... Um, yeah, each additional bag is going to be um, five hundred. What? <laughs> Come on, it's got to be a typo. I I I know it sounds crazy. That's news of the weird. You should have led with that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, mean, hold on, it's going to be five, how much for this, this first check bag? Thirty. Thirty dollars. Okay, and the second one. A hundred. Two hundred dollars. Sorry. What? And the and third bag is five hundred. Mm, sounds like they're yeah, that's weird. Well, we'll be flying WestJet if we go to yeah Canada. Then um, yeah, the other thing that always gripes me is is uh, 
is if you're international flying international. I hate this too. It really irritates me. You, you we're should, international. You should get two free bags and per person. We're international, but we have to pay for every single bag but except correct. for Cayman We're international except here in Cayman. Yeah. We're not international, which I think is baloney. Yeah. Wait a minute. What what carrier is that? Not Cayman Airways. I said Cayman Airways. We don't pay for the bag, but yeah, like but American, like anything, you United, pay, yeah. Southwest, International, any, except any for the Caribbean. Apparently, we're part of correct, not, not international. Normally, when you fly international, you check bags. Yeah, because they consider us like North America. Yeah, that's well, ridiculous. I mean, we are, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, anywho, all right, Sandy. Headlines. We'll see you tomorrow for Thursday. All right. All right. Sounds. To, wait a minute. Tomorrow's Thursday already. Wow. It is. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that good. Well, I'm slender. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Later. Have a good one, guys. Bye. You too. Bye. All, right. You. All right. Spilling the tea on uh, one hundred six point one. Good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing today? Bigger, bigger, better, better, older, older. The cold hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea. And committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs. Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, older, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I'm just going to end that right now. My internet issues continue. <laughs> to be unresolved and as you can see playing video um is like going to the dentist without any local anesthesia i mean it is painful for me so um hopefully today we, we got a, a solution that we're working on so um there's certain things that you don't notice it's it's so amazing um how streaming works and you know a lot of people don't get a lot of kind of elements of it and unfortunately i've had to learn honey jail through the <laughs> through the hard way right but basically um you guys can hear me perfectly fine i, I hope fingers crossed today that we'll have no issues on radio and whatever but the kind of internet issue that we're having is the line keeps dropping out and so things like video is being impacted, like when I'm playing video and stuff like that. So fingers crossed, we're getting some redundancy put in today and then tomorrow it should be fine. So in case you haven't noticed, my makeup filter's gone. So I'm having to play around with like my light settings because I even forgot how to do any of that stuff because the makeup filter just made me look perfect all the time. It made life easy. Now it's gone. We're back to unnatural. What can you do? Um, you know, some cameras actually come now with makeup filters built in for, for vloggers and stuff because, you know, nobody ain't got no time for no makeup, honey, chill. We just be like, oh, let's talk about stuff. We're busy. KK wants a hot tea this morning. She's like lying to the police. All right. Let's start out with a couple interesting stories. Let's let's do that one. We roll that one out pretty early, KK, because, girl, you here for the tea. And I got my tea hot and steaming and. And on the, uh, on the, what is it called? The cup warmer. 
Ready to go. Good morning, Miss Wee Wee. Vernita's here. Lying to police. Yes, honey child. Hey, Tommy. Olivia. Miss Olive says good morning to the rest of the class. I'm not feeling well this morning. Aw. Feeling a lot of pain from yesterday, but I'm still here. What's causing your pain, Miss Olive? I hope you feel better soon. My dear, I'm not getting enough sleep. Um, so two nights in a row, I stayed up way too late and I regret it every single time, but I do hope that you feel better soon. Hello, Robert. Robert says, good night, <laughs> Robert. It's morning. So listen, um, I have two really interesting stories to tell you. The first one is about a dog. So last week, this guy called some North side. I think he, did he initially call. Yes. And he said he had a dog that had, um, you know, I guess wandered off or gone missing or whatever from its owner. And it was a Rottweiler. And I said, okay, well, how many people in Rottweiler might have a, uh, how many people in Rottweiler? How many people in Northside might have a Rottweiler? So this might be a really easy case to solve. So we posted it up. Now, when we post stuff like missing dogs and stuff, we don't always put all the details of the dog because apparently I'm made to understand, which I don't know, this sounds really crazy to me. I don't know how many of y'all into dog kidnapping and dog theft. You know, I've been accused of dog theft, but I can't even imagine such a thing. That's like trying to steal somebody's child. Like who does that? Anyway, I understand that some of you will do that, especially for the smaller dogs. You'll actually steal people's dogs. So if you post a dog up and it's not even your dog, you'll just be like, oh yeah, that's my dog. Mm -mm. Do you remember the case where the person stole the dog and here in Cayman and actually colored the dog? They put food coloring on the dog to make it a different color. I'm like, geez, you guys are desperate for dog. Wow. That's kind of a rough life to be stealing somebody's dog. But anyway, so we don't always put out all the details. Like you notice that sometimes we don't put the sex of the dog. If the dog has a certain color, um, color, we don't necessarily put that up because you as the owner should know certain things about your dog. Like you need to identify, you know, my dog, this, that, and whatever. So, um, didn't put up any details about this dog. And, uh, the then we get a phone call not shortly after the post where someone says oh that's my dog and his name is uzi first of all who names a dog uzi like seriously <laughs> that's the funniest name so i was like yeah what made me suspicious that this might be the wrong dog and all these dogs kind of look alike after a while this is why you must get your dog microchipped they all look alike some of y'all be like oh yeah that's my dog it's not it's definitely not your dog so anyway, um, this dog, the owner's in West Bay. So I'm thinking West Bay to North Side? A dog isn't going to walk from West Bay to North Side just on a casual stroll in the afternoon or whatever. Like this is just really kind of random and weird. So um, I thought it was bizarre. And I said, I don't know if this is your dog. Like the dog is all the way North Side. The guy is like, yeah, you know. I think it's my dog. So then his mom called and his mom's like, yeah, I think that's her dog. I'm like, okay. Are, are there any identifying things about the dog? Something that distinguishes the dog? Is the dog microchipped? Is the dog wearing a particular collar? Call a particular color, collar. Like, tell me something about this dog. 
that I know for sure this is your dog. So um, first we thought, apparently, uh, what's his name? Um, let me tell you now. Um, MP Minister J.E. Banks has a Rottweiler. But he looked at, they sent him the picture. He looked at the dog. He said, nope, that's not my dog because my dog is actually um, smaller. And this was a male dog. He's like, my dog's a female dog. Okay, so not not the minister's dog. Then we uh, this guy calls back again about this Uzi. So I said to the guy who had the dog, I said, go and call the dog Uzi and see if he responds. Now, you know, some dogs are really, really good at responding to their names. And then I must tell you that some others are just not. So he didn't really respond to his name in a, in a responsive way. So the guy's like, I don't know. I called him Uzi and he didn't really, you know, maybe we're pronouncing Uzi, like, I don't know. So I thought, right, okay, well, guy calls again. He's like really adamant that this is his dog. And I said, is there anything distinguishable about your dog? Because the guy looked at dog and he said, this dog looks like he's fixed, which is a little bit different yeah so all right so the owner says listen my dog only has one nut this is exactly how the conversation went i'm like what a one nut dog i've had i've actually heard of a one nut man but i'm like a one nut dog he's like yeah the other one hasn't dropped yet because apparently he's still pretty young and this happens the other one hasn't dropped yet i said okay Well, that's pretty distinguishable, you must admit. So I (laughs) contacted the dog again, I mean the dog, the guy again, and said, listen, I I don't know how you're going to figure this one out, but the dog only has one nut. And he was like, what? (laughs) Not a word of lie. The guy was like, uh... You want me to do, how, how, what? How are you, what, how do you expect me to figure that out? And I said, listen, I don't know. I don't know if you can see the one nut or exactly how this is going to work. But I'm like, he only has one nut. So he said, okay, let me call you back. <laughs> this story is just so hilarious. And it just shows you they're honest. There's honestly not a dull moment ever on this island. So anyway, um, (laughs) the uh, guy calls me back and he says, listen, don't ask, do not ask me how I know, but yes, the dog only has one nut. (laughs) This poor dog, I don't, he said not to ask, so I can only leave it to my imagination. I'm like, did he actually do a physical examination to feel? Because the dog was like, oh, his left nut hasn't dropped yet or something. I forget. Did he say the left or the right? I think it was the left nut that hadn't dropped. So I was like, "Uh uh-uh, what a hot mess. (laughs) Uh, I think he might have had to do a physical examination of the dog because sometimes you can't just look at them and tell that that is the situation. Well... That's a funny story about the one nut dog. 
Um, all I can tell you is, wow, not ne never, ever a dull moment around here. Anyway, uh, the guy was kind enough. He was heading to town. So he was kind enough to bring the dog um, to town for uh, the owner. So he didn't have to drive all the way from West Bay into Northside. Mm. Somebody said, oh, my God, you're killing me about your one nut dog story. I knew a guy once who only had one nut, but apparently it doesn't stop him from producing children he couldn't afford. <laughs> I'm just saying. Anywho, um, yes, honey child, one nut dogs do exist. Um, listen, folks, get your dogs fixed because, you know, it's healthier for them. Uh, there are things that they don't get once they're fixed, uh, like, you know, cancers of the sexual organs and stuff like that. And generally speaking, not generally speaking, dogs are happier when they're not in heat and getting all hot and bothered and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's hard to explain why people don't fix dogs. Everybody's like, oh, I want one litter. You're not a, you're not a dog whisperer. You're, you know, you don't know how to properly um, have a litter. And so sometimes you end up jeopardizing the life of your dog and their puppies if they have any. Because quite frankly, you just don't even know what you're doing. So I always say, leave that to the professional dog breeders. There's too much backyard breeding in Cayman. Like everybody wants a particular breed so they can make money off of it and stuff like that. I'm really anti, you know, my, my little Coco, she was a beautiful dog. Really great personality. And I would always have people stop me and say, um, oh, you know, is she fixed? And that was the first. I'm like, yep. Don't be trying to steal her because she will not be able to help you with any puppies. But because she was so pretty, everybody always wanted to try to have dogs mate with her. And I was like, don't bring your stinking dog around, Coco. She's not into that life, okay? So, um, yes, honey chill. Don't, don't be bothered with it. So anyway, um, that's the one-nut dog. So last week, an equally uh, interesting story happened where the police called me. Oh, Lord Jesus. You know, sometimes they can be a real pain in my rear end. But I understand how it works, like how the process works. And I understand that a lot of them have zero discretion when somebody calls you. So somebody calls you and they're like, oh, my God. Um, Sandy looked at me with her side eye, her evil eye. And I don't like it. She did it on her show. And oh my God, what am I supposed to do? I don't like it. I'm just like, y'all need to stop calling me. I, I still don't have to change my number to, to try to lose the RCIPS. Don't call me, honey chill. I've already, to I've already told them, um, don't show up at my door because um, you're uninvited. <laughs> so... This officer calls me. I'm not going to name him. That's my friend. I'm going to leave him alone because, boy, when, when they call and they're trying to tell me something, I'd be like, officer, know what the hell you're talking about before you pick up my phone. So anyway, police calls me. Um, oh, Miss Sandy, you did an article. You posted this thing on Facebook. They, they don't even know how Facebook works. They don't understand social media. So half the time when they're asking me a question, I don't even know what the hell they're talking about. You posted this story on Facebook. And um, uh, um, 
you posted this through on Facebook. And so this lady's picture's in it. And she's wondering why her picture's in it. I was like, dude, is this an episode of, um, what's the kid's uh, mystery? Uh, not Nancy Grace. <laughs> I'm thinking Nancy Drew. I was thinking Nancy. I was like, what's Nancy Grace? Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew Mysteries. I'm trying to figure out what the hell this officer is saying to me. Morris Code. I'm like, what? I'm like, okay, we posted a story with the ladies. Can you can you be a little bit more precise, sir? What was the story about? What are you talking about? Oh, the one with the Jamaican lady who um, got extradited for murder. I said, oh, that story. Now, folks, I don't write a lot of the stories on the website anymore. Shocker. I really don't. I'm busy doing this talk show and doing other stuff on the platform, a.k.a. like manager. So I delegate stuff to other people, right? So Renee writes a lot of content for the website. She's very, very good. And I don't have to be like, you know, sometimes I just forward her the information. Hey, Renee, check out this story. Do your research, put it up. And if I get inside Intel, she now understands, okay, I can get photos. I can get the the untold story that the RCIPS got wait or CBC got wait two weeks to tell you about how the sister helped her, you know, come into the jurisdiction and the work permit, blah, blah, blah. So if I get the inside intel, that's why y'all love Mall Road. So we, you know. So anyway, I uh, I said, all right, let me go look at the story because I, I actually did not read the story. That's the other thing is I don't have time to read every story. So Renee writes the stories. I tell Renee, we use Grammarly. Be careful with typos and stuff. We've got Kenya who is there now to try to spell check stuff as well to give Renee a heads up. Because listen, when you do a lot of writing, you're going to inevitably make mistakes. It's just as how it works. You know, you're going to, your eyes are not going to see something and whatever. So um, she, uh, I had to go back and look at the story. So I was like, oh yeah, that story. Okay. And I said, what's the issue? The young lady in the photo, and I'm going to show you all her picture since she wants to come at us with foolishness. I'm going to show you exactly who she is. The young lady in the photo um, says that she doesn't have anything to do with this and she doesn't know why her photo's in the story. I'm like, hmm, that's strange. Um, and I called my source again. I said, um, this young lady, tell me what was the story with her again? Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. You know, she was the niece and da, 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 blah, 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 blah. Give me the rundown again. So I call said officer and I said, tell me something. Are you sure that this woman is telling you the truth? Yes, yes, yes. She has nothing to do with this situation. And her employer wants to um, fire her. And, you know, the employer's here with her. This is the story. So this is the young lady in the graduation um, outfit right there on my left. Yeah. And her employer wants to fire her and whatever. And I'm like, her employer wants to fire her. Hmm, this sounds a little bit suspect. So, um, but she has nothing to do with this. And I said, are you sure? So at first I was a little bit confused. The first time he called me, I didn't know which woman he was talking about because the woman on the right-hand side is her mother. And I thought that that's who he was talking about. So I said, oh, does she work at... um?" at Blue Marlin, which she's not supposed to be working at Blue Marlin because Blue Marlin doesn't even have her work permit. Oops, did we just out Blue Marlin on national radio this morning? Oh God, I guess we did. 
because y'all need to stop having people work for you whose work permit you do not have. CBC can't do the job of rounding y'all up. We got to start putting all of you out there with these immigration infractions. How about those cookies? See how that crumbled. T call the police about that, Blue Marlin. She, some janitorial company has this woman's work permit, but yet she's working at Blue Marlin. Y'all need to stop this foolishness with immigration. I still want to fix y'all. Anyway, stick a pin in that part of the story. So, anywho, um, he says, no, 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 no. She doesn't work at Blue Marlin, and that's what I'm telling you. That's She doesn't have anything to do with the situation. I called my source. My source is like, Sandy, this officer don't know what he's talking about. Now, my source got to unload the whole 411. That's the mother. The mother's name happens to be Ashley as well. In fact, we need to update the story because <laughs> I was able to get the, the sister's full name. So here's the story. The sister who brought her sister here is Cassandra Williams Fox, but she goes by Ashley. You know, Jamaicans, honey chat, they got to have about 5 million different names. So sometimes you don't actually know which name it is that they're going by. So the woman who committed the murder, allegedly, is Ashley. And then this sister in the streets is known as Ashley as well. How confusing. Two sisters that go by the name Ashley. I was like, what? Right? Now, the niece, who is Cassandra, a.k.a. Ashley's daughter, right, is the one who's complaining to the police about, um, oh, no, you know, she... she doesn't have anything to do with this. And now her employer is like, why is your photo on Mall Road? Mm, the employer should know better. We're not going to just be randomly putting people's photos on Mall Road. Anyway. Um, so now my source is like, oh, yes, this Ashley having an affair with a married man in Cayman. Oops. Now all your business going to come out because you're trying to come for me with your meow, meow, pia, pia foolishness. Right? Having an affair with some married a man here. Um, the wife already gone and complained to uh, immigration about you. Mm, 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 mm. Lord Jesus. Say what? Working without, um, you know, work permit. Um, hold on. And all this kind of stuff. I mean, it, it's just... <laughs> Listen, the story is one one hot mess, okay? So I called the officer back. I said, officer, tell me something. Does this young lady work at the pink shop on Eastern Avenue where the Western Union is? Yes, but her, but this isn't her. That's her photo, but she's not connected to these people. I say, you better ask her again because she's lying to you. How am I going to know where this person works. This, this is my good sources now. And like I said, you can't believe every source and that not every source is right 100% of the time. Nobody's right 100% of the time. But this particular source comes good all the time. They are a Jamaican and they're in the Jamaican community. So they know I'll go on. Okay. So he, he, he trying to tell me that I need to, and of course I say to him, officer, send an email with your foolishness, okay? Because I got to keep stuff in writing with you, police, because you know you already. You got to say, Sandy said, yeah, and I said, pia, and e and pia are not the same thing. So I said, send me this so I can respond in writing. So he said, no problem. 
Then he calls me back and he says, um, um, Sandy, it turns out that she's actually family to them. I said, what? what, what? Oh, hold on. What did you say, officer? I said, of course she's family to them. This woman come in police station with her employer in tow, lying to the RCIPS. Hear this one now. The employer better hurry up and cancel that work permit if you ask me, because she's a liar. Lying to the police that she doesn't know why her photo would have been included in this story. And she doesn't know these people. She doesn't know anything about the situation. As he continued to press her on my insistence, then he discovers that this woman is actually the niece of Ashley the murderer and the daughter of the other AK Ashley, which is Cassandra. Y'all really be trying to play us for a fool. And here's the biggest part of this story now. The niece actually picked up the murderer aunt from the airport. So y'all don't think that she know auntie running from trouble in Jamaica? Well, folks, I was not born this size. Mm-hmm. This is, this is the other sister now. The one who is, um, who brought her in, ran to a friend of hers. Oh, can you take out work permit for my sister? Quick, 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 expedite the work permit. She probably paid for it too. Y'all have got to stop this foolishness because you don't know who you're bringing into this country. So yes, the little niece can run to police trying to complain on me. Guessing, I guess I can take her picture down. Well, honey chow, that not happening. I think what happened, to be honest, when Renee put up the story, Renee, I don't know why Renee cropped out the one sister, the, the mother, but I think Renee was thinking the mother was the one in the, in the gown. That was Ashley who brought the sister here. So she did crop the photo where it was only the young lady in the gown and not her mother. And her mother's called so seductive Ashley on social media. But as it turns out, this is mother and daughter. They kind of look alike, actually. And the daughter was the one who went airport to pick up her mother. The same mother who's here working Blue Marlin and shouldn't be working Blue Marlin and who's having an affair with a married man and already causing waves in the Cayman Islands. So you can imagine going to police and lying to the police officer. Now, you know, you, you not no good. Yeah. Lying to the police officer about how we put up your picture and you don't know why and you not got nothing to do with this. Meanwhile, that is your auntie. So yesterday, another source pinched me and said that apparently the sister now, Ashley, um, has left the jurisdiction. And I hope CBC is paying attention because they should be putting a stamp on her record that she is not to be able to return to the Cayman Islands. So, this person said, just saying, the girl that bring the sister come up here, she went to Jamaica. How can she travel so? And she had a work permit, although she's not working with the people that have the permit. Mm-hmm. Can we find out who has the permit? A number she's, oh, yes, yes, yes. M -m Forgive me. I forgot the most important thing about Cassandra, a.k.a. AKA Ashley, the sister. She sells numbers. <laughs> Not only is she working for outside the terms of her work permit, like the wrong company, she is also side hustling is in a num and is a number seller. 
RCIPS, that is what you should be concerned about. You should be ringing up somebody's number, uh, 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 quite literally, about why she's selling numbers and illegal activity in this country instead of calling me about foolishness about a photo. Y'all are crazy. Yeah, so she sells illegal numbers. Nobody knows it, apparently. So this person yesterday said um, she's not working with the people that have her work permit. Remember, I told you all that. She, the janitorial company has it. Again, they need to crack down on these janitorial companies. Landscaping, janitorial, construction. There's a whole slew of them that are into this fakeness with these work permits and taking out permits for people that do not work for them. CBC enforcement, for God's sake, I don't want to have to do your job. I got better things to do, but if y'all not capable, you don't have the manpower, we're going to start putting all the people in business out there. Yeah, so this person confirms, as I've heard from other sources, a number she sell. <laughs> Where she gone, do settle the matter, and she gone get lawyer for her sister, just saying. So she must have gone to Jamaica now to try and lawyer up for the sister. Well, these sisters riding for each other, child. At least give her credit for that. She must really love her sister, child. She's trying to help the sister get lawyer money together. So apparently she left for Jamaica last week. You can imagine that we had her in this country, all kind of illegal activity. We can't get rid of her, but she can up and leave on her own volition, which means that she can come back on her own volition as well. My God. Enforcement people get it together. So the source said they don't know if she's coming back. But apparently next she's planning going to America. Can someone alert um, the uh, border control people in the United States of America? Because they're not going to play with her. She go over there with her foolishness and she can find out what they will do. I wouldn't go to America if I were you, honey, chill. So, yeah, so that was the story, KK about lying to police and then police calling us trying to put us under pressure. I was like, officer. And you know what is so funny about the police? They try to tell me how to do my job. Well, Sandy, you know, when somebody give you a tip, this is what you must do. And I said, oh, because you have the investigative degree, right? That's why y'all solving so many cases, beat officer. And um, you have a journalism degree, so you know what the procedure is with verifying sources. I was like, please, take two seats in the back of the classroom. All right, good morning, everybody. Morning, Miss Joy. Uh, Khalees, good morning. Miss Morna's here, Miss Barbara's here, yes, sir. Good morning to the beautiful Miss Marjorie. How's your radio working out for you? We got Miss Faith saying good morning to everyone in Team Blake, yes. Mm -hmm. Diamond Princess, Felicia, Marshall joining us, Alejandro. Says most small dogs have a test eye that doesn't drop. I once had one like that. It's mainly mixed breeds. Well, no, this was a Rottweiler, honey child. He was a big dog. And not fully grown yet. So I think that's why the other one hadn't quite dropped. But it was so interesting that I was kind of curious about why the owner was even into why it had dropped or not. But anyway, good to know. Because that's what really made us know it was his dog. Good morning, Aliano. Um, says, wow, that's petty. So what's the issue? Wasn't she deported for being a murderer? Yes, her aunt was deported for being a murderer and she up in the police station talking about, I don't have anything to do with this. I don't know these people. Really, girl, please. You don't know them? It just happens to be your aunt and your mom? Okay. 
and you picked your aunt up at the airport, you probably knew what she was running from as well. Real Deal says they should be investigating her sister to ensure that she wasn't aware of what happened, was aiding the suspected murderer escape from Jamaica. Listen, at this point, no further investigation needed. Just deport the sister. Working for Blue Marlin when they don't have her work permit and selling numbers. We don't need you here. Goodbye. Take out the trash. Good riddance. Dorothy, good morning, my dear. How are you? Um, KK says, spill the beans, Sandy. Sasha's in disbelief. She's like, OMG, what the hell? <laughs> JD says, it's the kaboom for me. Yes. Kaboom! Sometimes you got to drop it on him, JD. How are you? Summer says, ooh, God, Sandy, stop now. She done, she done now. <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous, right? You know, if I know all this stuff, the respective agencies, works, CBC, they must know it too. And what are y'all doing? That's what I want to know. Oh, yes, Sasha says, don't come for Sandy unless she sends for you. Thank you. Like, what the heck? Boy, they can lie. They lie like a rug, honey chill. Mm, mm, mm. Morning, Soka. Um, Soka says, I should put you in full volume while I'm sitting here waiting for jury selection. Give these people some entertainment like they've never had it before. <laughs> so poor Soka um, is off of work today in jury selection. Do you know what kind of case yet, Soka? Oh, Lord, she's doing her civic duty in America. Uh, Magdalene. So tell them to talk to your hand. Damn fresh. Yes, they fresh with lies. Good morning, Miss Olive. She says, kaboom. I got to get some more of my little sound pads going here. Hello, Perla. Uh, Miss Darlene says, what a hot mess. So early in the morning, right? Hello, Miss Bonnie. Hope you're feeling okay. Stacy says, RCIPS, please do your work. What a bunch of jokers. <laughs> I tell you what the problem is with RCIPS, child. They believe any and everything somebody tell them. I tell you, and because they, they seem to have some sort of issue with me, right? You go in there and you're like, oh my God, Sandy did this and my feelings are hurt. All of a sudden, they want to elevate it to a murder national case kind of thing. And it's like, y'all need to step the hell off of me. Get off my block, <laughs> you know? I'm so sick and tired of them, like honestly. And the sad thing is, I, I try to help the police. It is my civic duty to do so, right? I do my best. And I know that they, I know a lot of them are trying. Because sometimes they will even tell me, Miss Sandy, I don't think this is a case, but the upper ups, the higher ups are telling me must pursue this and must bring you in for an interview. That's how I know that some people have an issue with me that has nothing to do with the merits of anything. Because the officers conducting, they'd be like, I don't want to interview you. I don't think this is a case. And yet here we are because a higher up told me I needed to do this. Because these higher ups are like, we are going to put Sandy in jail by hooker, by crook. That's what they think. That's what they, you know. And you know the saddest part about it? Their little vendetta against me. It's getting so ridiculous now that literally this last case, the civil case with John Felder, I've got attorneys high and low, who are like, this don't make no sense. This undermines the entire negotiation that one can have um, with, with uh, you know, another party in a civil matter. They're all up in arms within the fraternity, within legal fraternity over this. They've never seen such a thing before. 
or heard of such a case, really. And I said, well, the DPP's office seems to think that they have a case, which they have numerous times before, and they all pretty much got thrown out. It's uh, a lot of waste of time and resources on their part. Anyway, real deal, says the commissioner of police testified in select committee last week that people are on work permits as gardeners, but are usually selling numbers. Ask Mr. Saunders what his plan is. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I would love to know. I myself would love to know. They know these things, and yet they seem incapable of uh, doing anything about it, which is most unfortunate. I don't know what he's going to do, actually. Um, but it, it's 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 crazy. Uh, this person on WhatsApp says, I pity the fool that messed with you. I mean, the thing about it is if you're going to come, at least be honest. Can we at least request that of you? A degree of honesty? Apparently not, child. Maybe lying to the police and please be calling me looking like a bunch of fools. Perla says, boy, this sounds like an old tale to me. We have a lot of people, but the RCAPS immigration and detectives can investigate, um, can investigate these work permit holders from Jamaica. No, sir. I don't need to do better. Hello, Johan Moxham. He says, Sandra, if the RCAPS are calling you or chasing you, there is no coincidence. You are a target of somebody high up in the system, Lord Jesus, either elected high-ranking senior senior civil servant or wealthy supporter that needs you out of the picture. You know, Johan, morning, Susan and Irvin, I'm not normally a conspiracy theorist. Like it takes a lot to convince me that something is wrong here, but I will have to admit that where I am now with the um, RCIPS and the DPP's office, well, I've long believed this now, that there is more to me than meets the eye with this situation. Somebody has an ax to grind with me. After six, seven cases, and they all get thrown out. It's like, come on. And you know what was really, um, Johan, an eye-opener for me? I'm going to tell you all another little story. Um, the Nation Building Fund, right? Y'all remember that. Over $9 million dollars of the people's money McKeeva set up and gave out through this mission building fund. Churches got money. They got over $4 million. His personal PA, was that Richard Parchment at the time? Hold on. I don't want to call Richard name if that wasn't him. So let me get, let me get it correct because I do believe it was him. He was his political assistant. His daughter got over $60,000 to go do some basketball camp or some BS meow meow, right? There was no checks and balances. Nobody knows where the money went. Nothing. No accountability. There are people who claim that they're getting it as an educational scholarship. Nobody in the um, at the time, uh, Premier Bush's office, checked grades, verified that they were even in school, that they were studying what they were claiming. Nothing. Out of over $9 million, the only person that they came at, hold on one call, I'm coming to you. The only person that they came at from a criminal perspective in relation to this was me, a person who insisted on having a contract with the government. 
who collected paperwork, who made them make the decisions about who was getting the scholarship stipend. All this stuff, I tried to cross my I's and dot my T's, and these people came after me. Right before the last election, I had a particular person, you know, I can't call no names. Let's just say a high-ranking political person came to me and said, Sandy, you know that situation that happened with the Nation Building Fund? Winston Connolly came to me and said, we got her now. What does that mean, you got me now? Because y'all been trying so hard with your stupid cases from dog theft to accusing me of stealing my own stuff. That's how desperate and stupid they are. Now, we got her now. Oh, we got her now. Well, you didn't have me. The judge threw the thing out. Caller, Buenos dias. Hello? Hello. Hi. Hello, ma'am. Good morning. Good morning, please. Um, good morning, everyone. A topic you're talking on there concerning about the government and the I have a, if it's a, like I have a different topic pertaining to government too that we need to look into. Mm-hmm. Regarding these licenses that we have and disposing of them properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, on Friday, there was a vehicle with a, and I'll call license plate number on air because, you know, I, I'll probably charge that law with you. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but maybe maybe we need to do some of them out there to make the public know what's going on so yes. they can actually go and, and seek it out for them all. If, if we gotta like, start calling names to try and, and shape I, up this country, we're gonna have to do it. Oh, well, I, I agree with you with that, but anyhow, there was a there was a old license plate, one of not one of the new license plates, and I'm sure you got probably new ones now that have been um disposed. Mm-hmm. They there was an old vehicle with a, I mean, there was an old vehicle, no light, no no brakes or nothing, almost ran into me in the um area. Mm-hmm. And the the car license plate number when I called license department I was told by someone by license department that it's a it's a car that's actually supposed uh according to the license plate, supposed to be a suspended vehicle. So mm-hmm. before we, before we, um, before what we used to do before was before you could suspend a plate, if you suspended a vehicle, you had to bring those plates in. Mm-hmm. And now it seems like government has changed their policy. I don't know for what reason, but we should know that we got our own criminals here, mm-hmm. but we got them here. Plus we have imported so many more that, that is come from that era that, you know, so used to that now that that's common for them. So we need to come up because I'm sure over the years, even annual last month, December, November, there was four vehicles that I seen being towed in by BH with license plates on it. Now, where those license plates ended up, I don't know. But maybe we need to put some policy in place that when those vehicles are being crushed, if they have license plates on, they've proper department, which is the license department, mm-hmm. should be receiving those licenses back so they can be disposed properly. Mm-hmm. Because if those vehicles, as I said, with our criminals, decide that, you know, well, this vehicle is being crushed, but the license plate number is still valid, I can put it mm-hmm. on my vehicle. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can have that on another vehicle that doesn't even match that license plate. Yes. And, and it's being driven on the road. So we need, government needs to come up with a better policy Regarding these places, now because 
is I say, it, what, what's going to happen if one of those vehicles that are supposed to be suspended off the road should happen, and God bless us all, we hope they don't happen, mm-hmm. should fall with some innocent person that is being an honest citizen, keeping up their plate, and damage somebody, not even just killing them. Mm-hmm. Because I, if you kill them, you took them out there. They're misery. But what happens if you leave them damaged for the rest of their life and they get nothing for Who's going to be responsible for those people? Right. I mean, the, the court is going to say, you know, you got, or the police is going to say, you got to sue them. But if they're not going to, if they're not licensed to show their vehicles, then they're like, how, how you, what are you going to sue them What are you going to sue them for? What are they going to pay all these damages? Yes. So I'm calling on the government to find some kind of policy to fix this because sooner or later, you know, it's, and we've seen them happen before, so sooner or later, it's just a matter of time if something happening. Mm-hmm. So we need to we need to call on the government, you know. And I mean, we all yes, we are citizens all need to work together. Thank you. Okay, so thanks much. for calling. Right, okay, bye. Yeah, I mean, the problem is there's so many loopholes and inefficiencies, and you know, unscrupulous um, individuals are just waiting for an opportunity to see where there's a loophole and where they can take advantage. So. As the caller pointed out, if you're supposed to have license plates that are taken out of commission, and we know this already, the police have said at their last press conference, that criminals, these robbers and stuff, they were license plate swapping. And, you know, because now they know that the the CCTV cameras are picking up on the plate information, all this kind of stuff. But let me ask you all a question. Um, What is the position as it relates to the so-called new and smart license plates? All these years later, have we not rolled that system out? to replace all of the previous license plates? Are these cameras not capable of scanning that information? I mean, even in the United States of America, honey child, uh, you drive through and not pay your toll or whatever, they just scan, bloop, 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 and they're gonna be sending you that via the mail or email or whatever, because, you know, they're a little bit organized. So what's our problem again? We supposed to be high tech? Spending millions of dollars on cameras that nobody can ever see the benefit of. But yet it's me that they have time to be hauling into court every two minutes. Y'all need to haul your own damn selves into court for for lack of, of good service to this country, lack of doing your jobs. How about that? How about holding yourself accountable for that? What a day that would be. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. So, um, unfortunately, uh, yes, that's what the police did uh, with the nation building fund. I'm the only person. You know, sometimes you forget. The the memory, uh, the human brain has a way of making you forget certain things. And I think it's a coping mechanism. Because literally by now, you know, I should be going um, American crazy uh, on some of these people around here. But, you know, I I try to keep my cool now. Try to keep my cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Try to keep my sanity. And so your memory has a way of fading over time and glossing over stuff to ensure that you stay sane. Yeah. When I was looking back at this on Friday last week, it occurred to me that um, at the time, Mr. Colin Wilson from iNews was saying, this is victimization. It is obvious to anybody, even one person with a glass eye, that can see that someone at the DPP's office has an issue with Sandy and they have an ax to grind. 
he brought up the nation building fund as a prime example. And it was right in the middle of it. So it hadn't yet been thrown out. And he said, if she is the only person who's ever charged in relation to the nation building fund, that will definitively answer the question of, does somebody have an ax to grind with her that just isn't normal? And sure enough, here we are all these years later. No one else has ever been taken to court, been held accountable for wasting the people's money. I didn't waste the people's money. I provided a service. And then Tara Rivers and Winston Connolly, they come in after the fact because they weren't there when it was going down. They trump up a situation. I mean, poor Winston looked so stupid on the stand when my a defense attorney was like, sir, you say you're a lawyer of how many years of experience? Do you know what fraud means? And you're alleging this woman to have committed fraud? Are you sure? I mean, she was putting him under some pressure on the stand. This is grand court. You can go get the transcripts. Soon he was fumbling over his words, honey child. And then he threw Tara under the bus. He said, well, it was the minister who told me to do it. I was like, Lord Jesus, big hard Batman trying to blame Tara. Oh, the minister told me to do it. And she's like, oh, so you do everything the minister tell you to do. You don't have common sense. I'm like, you're a lawyer of 20 something years. You don't have common sense of your own to say something doesn't add up here. Caller, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Yes, honey child, that's lovely. What's on okay, your mind, sir? Okay, if you transfer a vehicle or take a vehicle off the road, you get a certificate confirming uh -huh. so. And if you don't do what's right, when you go back to the transaction licensing department, if you didn't pay up all your fees, you will not be able to do any transaction like license. Let me ask you a question, caller. I'm actually glad you called this morning. Because yeah. apparently people in this country are able to sell a vehicle multiple times and never affect the transfer. So even when government is finding, um, say, DEH, police, whatever, finding these derelict vehicles on the side of the road, right, they just get abandoned, they don't know who the actual owner of the vehicle is. Explain to me how that is possible. It's been transferred, it's been sold five times, but there's no requirement, no real requirement that those people go in and transfer the actual documents. So when, when, when government trying to find out who owns the car, the last registered person that they have at the DMV left the jurisdiction, no longer lives here. And they're like, oh, I sold that car five years ago. This is something I've been dealing with for years when I used to work at the licensing department. What's the and solution? We know the problem. Go, What's the solution? When, now? You, when you go there mm -hmm. at the DVDL, at the counter clerk, she's going to see it and you will not be able to do any, do any transaction because all those backlights have to pay up and you won't be able to pay or do any transaction until all those money pay up. Yeah, but the problem is you should not be able to purchase a vehicle in this jurisdiction and not transfer the vehicle. That, 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 that is problematic. And we need to crack down on that very problem because that is then having a trickle down effect and causing other problems. It should be mandatory and come with very hefty fines if you're found to have a vehicle that is not in your name. And, and then the secondary question is, how do they get insurance if the logbook is not even in their name? That you know, means, I always, 
A lot of people you know, drive now without insurance then? Every day. Hmm. I always warn people, I say, listen, make sure, go and get the insurance, do the transfer. Meet the person at the counter and do the transfer. Hmm. And if that didn't happen, meet him there because it has to be signed right in front of the counter clerk. Don't tell him he's coming and he's up. And it happens only one. And then next thing you realize, the person gone to India or gone to Jamaica, wherever he's from. It never happened. When you stop him on the road, and where's he? He's gone back to where he come from. He rolled he roll over and gone. Mm -hmm. No traffic. Police stop stopping on the road, and it changed on three, four times. Yeah, it's it's a it's a problem, and it's it's one that um, that really needs to be addressed. So you know when people when people complain that the RCAPs are out here um stopping like doing traffic stops that sort of thing, I don't have any problems with that because I think that that's how they end up catching people. Oh such Lord, as this. I have one these not right now. I I said listen, I know you're just headache. Mm -hmm. That's more than headache. That's brain hemorrhage. My wife said she said. She bought it from someone and the person who bought it from is gone, gone back to Philippines. I said, go away from here, don't hear about it. <laughs> oh. Do you do you remember a couple, um, probably about a month or so ago now, we had a person on here who um was talking about this guy had sold her this vehicle and and hadn't done the transfer and all kind of mixed up situation. It's because he's acting as a as a um the school teacher one, right? He's acting yeah. as a car salesman i guess as a part-time gig although government doesn't seem to know that and um same sort of situation sometimes people have left the jurisdiction they'd be like oh yeah some a car for me you know but he doesn't have the proper log book or there's this issue or that issue i mean it really is just a hot mess to be honest it, it changed on three four times yeah i know about them hmm. i tell you happens every day and no no proper transaction takes place mm, mm, mm. well we need to do better all right my dear yes i appreciate it but all i right. keep warning keep warning them but uh-huh they don't they don't listen they're not taking heed and in the end it's gonna be a headache thank you appreciate somebody, it and if ever there's an accident mm -hmm. Somebody gonna feel it because somebody gets serious injury or die. You know, somebody's gonna feel it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I've dealt with that before. Mm, unbelievable. You know, and and this is why even um we haven't had Tiz on for the new year yet, but even the recovery um attorneys come on here and they say that there's so many loopholes in the system, right? That, I know that. Um, even when a person has insurance, insurance companies are not being made to pay for, you know, loss of life, loss of limb, serious injuries and all sorts of stuff. There has to be an entire reworking of the legislation around this issue because it, it's just ripe for abuse and ripe for people being able to get injured and have no proper way of actually being able to get compensation. We need yes. to lobby for some changes in that regard as well. Definitely. And Thank there's you, so you said it right. There are so many loopholes because mm -hmm. just one T didn't cross, or just one that I didn't. That, that you know, there are so many loopholes. 
I know because guess what? I did my study at Northrop University. And I remember in the classroom where the professor said, guys, you're all your friends today, but years to come, you all will be like cats and dogs fighting each other. And that was so much so. I'm not gonna call the name, but there's someone right here, right here in Cayman Islands. We have met in court and we were fighting each other. Sometimes. He doesn't listen to your show, your show, so I know he's not hearing us. <laughs> <laughs> he tell you he's not listening. All right, Carter. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. I, I know you don't listen to your show because he don't like you. <laughs> oh, poor him. He probably still listening. He he wanted them that goes in the bathroom. Sits on the toilet and pretend he got some other business he's taking care of and still secretly listening to Sam. Maybe. <laughs> anyway. You, you never know. I, you never know. Thanks. I appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. <laughs> Lord, if I had a dollar for every anyway. time somebody claimed that they're not listening to the cold hard truth because they don't like Sandy, I'd be like, y'all, please. The, the crazy thing is um, people who claim that they don't li that they don't listen to the platform this time, next thing. But every two seconds, I see them commenting. I was having a little joke with um, this guy, Alex Davies. Apparently, he's an attorney here in the Cayman Islands. You know, one of those attorneys that we import here and probably has the best life he's ever had. And he's trying to get salty with me on social media. Can somebody please tell Alex Davies not today, Bobo? Good morning, caller. Yeah, morning, Sunday. I'm talking about we're talking about these police officers, right? Mm -hmm. And and I want to tell you my experience with police at the some at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. They the my experience with majority of the police officers which are Jamaicans mm -hmm. and I'm not discriminating nobody because Caymanians is involved in it too. It's just they're following the UK laws and all this type of stuff. They're, they're, whoever is making them do their assignments, they're not understanding it right. And, you know, when the Jamaican officers pull over people, especially like people like me, and they try to tell you what, it, what, what their law is up in Jamaica, because they reflect their Jamaican laws here in Cayman as well. Don't tell me that, um, that that's wrong as well, because that is what they're doing. You, know, you imagine you're driving on a, on, a, on a highway, on the bypass, 40 miles an hour, right? Like, just say you're going a little bit under 40 miles an hour, 20, 38, 35, and let's just say a police in the middle of the night one o'clock in the morning, let's just say that they want to harass somebody and you're the only one on the road and they'll pull you over telling you driving slow in a fast lane. I've never heard mm. of a slow lane or a fast lane on this island. Mm. Simple mm -hmm. little things like that that they can ask for and then when they ask for your license and whatnot, I don't know why they give you young Caymanians license for, I'd be like, yo, I've been, I had my license over 10 years now, you can't tell me what rules on this road that I don't know about. And then they're going to tell you, oh, you're lucky that I don't have a ticket, a ticket book. What police officer drives without a ticket book? Mm -mm. You know, when they, when they realize that they are getting caught up with mm -mm. a lie mm -mm. or something that they're trying to make you feel intimidated, they can't intimidate you if you know your rights. That's true. That is very true. So, and that is why education point. is so important. <laughs> Trust me. Exactly. Yes. Especially in the Kimberley because our laws is always being reviewed because mm. someone is passing some stupid law on this island that makes it even more difficult for Caymanians because the foreigners don't get affected. Mm. I'm sorry to say it, but the foreigners do not get affected unless they're Filipinos or Spaniards mm. or Caymanians. Mm -mm. Because they don't trouble the English people, they don't trouble the Americans, they don't trouble their own kind. 
they trouble the Caymanians mainly. Mm, it's sad. But you know what? No, 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 no one is um no one is immune from um when things go wrong and when systems don't work. I mean, look at yeah. poor look at poor Anna that was on the show. Oh right? my her, I feel it for you, you because know, really I mean, that, that's I want just a perfect example of how anyone can be victimized. And uh, let me use the term allegedly because we haven't heard a conclusion of investigation or anything. CBC has made no statement yeah. in relation to her complaint. But I do know that they she definitely made a complaint. They got some lawyer working on it. Mm. They probably just trying to find all this to keep her quiet now. But yeah, I mean, exactly. this, this is the thing is, is no one should ever sit back and feel comfortable in this country. Right. And, and this is the thing that makes me chuckle because, you know, some people I was just talking about this guy, Alex Davies. Um, he commented he was the only negative commenter on the John Felder matter. And he's like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Shut down this. This this is what he said. I hope this this tittle tittle tattle rag merchant um, is eventually banned. She's a disgrace. Poor Alex. Again, you know, we, we bring him here. We allow him to come here in this jurisdiction. Um, make money that he's never seen before, move around from one job to the next, Ben Toner's law firm. Um, then he gets into HSM, this one, that one. And Caymanian wouldn't even have all those benefits. But anyway, we allow him no, to do because it. We, because we don't have our experience. We don't have our education that we need. But then we're doing independent studies on this island to help yeah. protect ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, it, because we have some sense of independence on this island. I don't care what anybody got to say. The government's business is to stay out of our business. And, and yes, yes, yes. And then people come, but you know, he, he might think that this is, um, about me and he misses the bigger picture, which is, which as an attorney at law, I'm a little bit surprised that he could miss the bigger picture. Cause one day, Alex, it might be about you. One day huh. somebody is going to come and say, Oh, look at Alex wearing this underwear in his head. And he thinks this is funny. We don't like this sort of thing in the Cayman Islands. So we're going to take away his rights yep. to be able to do this and throw him in jail. And by the yep. way, I'm showing a picture on air right now with him wearing an underwear on top of his head. Because apparently that's what he enjoys doing and thinks is funny. But you know, this, this is the sort of thing. Don't think that because they're coming for me without merit that you should be posting this kind of a comment, Alex, on social media. Because the day that it's your turn, you probably be trying to call me to help you. I'm just saying. Oh, I think Alejandro got cut off. I don't know if Alejandro ran out of credit or what happened there, but all right. At uh, 936, Bobo is the telephone number. Don't take these things lightly, folks. Believe me, you. Right now, um, I have a complainant uh, who's come forward saying that her daughter was sexually harassed by a member of the RCIPS and that the... Um, the higher ups have done nothing about it and they have tried to be very, very patient with the system and they've waited and waited and waited. And the poor child, the young lady is having psychological impacts, um, trauma, PTSD, because of what this senior officer has put her through, sexual harassment to the highest degree. And no one in this country is doing anything about it. So soon we'll be conducting that interview and we'll be airing that in the program. Don't sit back and think, oh, well, it's not about me. I don't care. Because one day it will be your turn. And then what? Hmm? You're going to become the Alex Davies of the world wearing your underwear in your head, thinking that's funny until it's your turn. 
Real Deal says, you know damn well that CBC nor the police will do a damn thing about it. Uh, Johan says, all the criminals in Cayman and criminal activity plus overt corruption and abuse of office, but the RCIPS have you as public enemy number one. And, you know, I'm I'm feeling more, Marshall, um, Johan, that it's more that it's a DPP's office, because let's be very, very clear how the process works. The RCIPS will carry out their investigation and they hand the file to the DPP. They're not the ones who make the ruling. It is the DPP's office who makes the ruling. And I would love to know, and I should have a right to know, which DPP attorney, that's the um, director of public prosecution, that office, who is it that made the ruling on this file? Because I am made to understand, and I'm quite curious, that Patrick Moran, who is the former head of the DPP's office, who we have written several articles on that were not the most glowing in the world, accusing his department of nepotism, racism, alleged, um, and other things, yes, that his, his he is somehow still, although he's resigned from the DPP's office heading that up because he was you know, causing a little bit too many waves and contro- controversy over there, He's still on a government contract, hush, hush, and he is still ruling on files for the DPP's office. Jesus, have it make some kind of sense. Mm -hmm. I told y'all how the RCIP has tried to bribe me. If if they want to call this type of negotiation bribery, they tried to bribe me. They actually told me. We have a recommendation. Now, this Johan as well uh, blamed the RCIPS because I didn't recognize the RCIPS had such power. You can get a ruling from the DPP's office and not act on the ruling. I haven't heard of that happening either. So explain to me how that works. But they told me. The DPP is saying that we don't have to act on this. We won't act on this if you take down this story. And I said, but hold on a second. That sounds to me like you're trying to control the media. What, you would actually make that come out of your mouth? Do you, you understand who you're talking to? <laughs> you're talking to me? The person who puts everything out there? Are you sure you want to say that to me in the presence of my attorney? She's sitting there listening to this going, what? What are you asking her to do? If she takes down the story and takes down the podcast about two members of staff at the DPP's office, you will not prosecute her for what the DPP claims is an offense? Even to me, said officer, with all due respect, if I have committed an offense, then hold me accountable. You're saying in the professional opinion of some outside counsel who you won't name now, some so-called expert, Patrick Moran, is who I suspect it is, right? Charge her. But, oh, we will overlook his expert recommendation and not charge you if you simply do what we want. Gee, that sounds a lot like bribery to me. Hmm. So if it isn't bribery and you can do it in a criminal case, I can't negotiate in a civil case? Real Deal says, look around the region. The countries that have the most indisciplined Citizens um, have a large population right here. Facts. Well, everybody know real deal. You're talking about our Jamaican brothers and sisters. 
And yes, they're not very disciplined. They're not disciplined in their own country. And I hate to say it, but a lot of them go abroad and they're also not on their best behavior. And it's just, it's just a culture of, you know what? We don't have to follow the laws, whether it's, you know, COVID compliance, no parties. They had the minister having a party. I mean, they just don't care. They, they just operate at a different level. And so, you know, again, don't take offense now if you're Jamaican to this, but the Jamaican culture tends to be like, yeah, whatever goes, goes. And so that's acceptable there. And yes, what percentage of the RCAPS do you think are probably Jamaican officers? It's a lot. And people have made it patently clear. And, and again, I don't want Jamaicans to think that I'm um, picking on them. I'm just stating the facts. The vast majority of the judiciary, Jamaicans. The vast majority of police officers, Jamaicans. The vast majority of prison officers, Jamaicans. Over 50% of the population in the Cayman Islands are Jamaicans. So the times that we have to speak on this, let us be prepared to be fair and to speak the truth. Because we've talked about on this program, um, hopefully next week we can have our Caribbean Connection Wednesdays come back. But we've talked about the infiltration of culture, cultural behaviors, whether it's this country, TCI with the Haitians, whatever. People bring their culture, their behavior, their non-compliance, their lack of respect, everything with them. Remember during the World Cup how we were all shocked to see how disciplined the Japanese people were? Well, they have a reputation for being disciplined as a people. That's why they require a particular reputation. There they are at the World Cup, cleaning up the stadium, making little or 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 dummies or whatever the heck they call the little um, what are they the little uh, figurines? Oh, what's the word for it? Oh, or dummy? Oh, could oh Lord have mercy. But you know what I mean. They are disciplined people, and you know what is so sad? One time, once upon a time, Caymanians were disciplined people too. I did an interview yesterday for an upcoming segment of Cayman Voices, and I could not help but think how we have lost the plot. We're not disciplined either. We following suit now. This guy said to me, when you went at sea, there was a certain amount of discipline that was required. That is why national boat carriers loved Caymanians, not because their men were cute, but because they were disciplined, they were hard workers, and despite a lot of them not having a piece of paper, they were very knowledgeable. And we have lost that sense of discipline. Now we have a generation after generation after generation have no discipline, no self-discipline. They're out there breaking every law under the sun, no discipline in their families, no discipline in the communities. And everything they want to jump up and blame the politicians for because apparently the politicians are responsible for managing, micromanaging your lives. Caller, good morning. Good morning. I just checked in with you. How the pressure is this morning? My dear child, I better try and get out that little pressure machine and check it. <laughs> it's all good, honey, child. It's all good. I'm drinking my tea. Okay. <laughs> I was just checking it. But being you went down the line and listed, um, all of the intangibles that are very tangible. How about just honest, honest, honest people? That's honest. Door mm -hmm. open, window open, no exorbitant bills from the power company. You know, 
love. Can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Anyway, have a nice day. Keep your pressure down there. Yes, thank you, darling. Bye. Uh, Debbie says, good morning, Sandy. I was driving when you said Coco is not about that lifestyle. I swear I almost ran off the road laughing. <laughs> be careful now. Don't be having no accidents because then the police will be calling me about that too. <laughs> um, Miss Sandy, this lady just ran into light pole and um, says that, that you're the reason why it happened. I'd be like, oh, Lord, have mercy here, you know, because, you know, like I said, they love to be calling me, child. Mm -mm. Um, Miss Darlene says, I actually love you, Sandra, from 2005. Aw. <laughs> Darlene says, CMR is addictive to me. Can I tell you something? So, um, the other day, let me see, is this the right one? Oh, no, that's not the right one. Hold on. I'm going to find something and show you guys. So again, I was having to do research on myself, which is kind of funny to try and, and put, cause like, you know, like I said, I don't hold no grudge, honestly. I am the least grudgeful person. Sometimes my my friends say to me, "Oh, but you helping that person or that person wore your phone number and that the same person who was commenting saying blah blah blah." I said, "Yeah, honey, chill. It's only a matter of time, like I said, that one day it's going to be your turn. That's just how life is." You know? It comes for the just and it comes for the unjust. It comes for the rich and it comes for the poor. And you know, these injustices, this is why you got to make sure you stand by right. So anyway, I was going through and I came across this um, post. And I had to grab this because it made me kind of reflect on where we are now. This is September of 2006. Miss Maureen Scott, big shout out to Miss Maureen. She says, I must congratulate DMS for having such a great show, Straight Talk. That was my original talk show back in the day. It's very uplifting and entertaining. The host of the show, Sandra Catron, is so dedicated she handles each and every one of her callers with the same respect and dignity, and she never, ever gives negative feedback. Hmm, more mess. Whatever the occasion. She always answers with that great personality of hers. I, for one, cannot wait to tune in at 5 p.m. in the evenings. Waiting in traffic is not so boring now. We need more bright and intelligent, I think that's supposed to say young people, like her on our radio uh, station. She's a role model. Keep up the good work, Miss Catron. You're an inspiration to the Cayman Islands. Aw, that melted my heart. I didn't, I don't recall having seen it back then because, you know, I wasn't really reading the, the print newspaper probably even back then. But anyway, um, thank you, Miss Maureen. I appreciate that. That was so sweet of you back in 2006. Morning, caller. Morning. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And yourself? Yes. No complaints, honey. Yeah, no complaints. Well, um, you kind of hit the nail when you're asking about the um, culture of Cayman. Where is it gone? Mm -hmm. Okay, this is my um, two cents on it. Okay, um, you ever read a book named The Art of War? Yes. Very, okay, very in famous, that, yes. In that book, it states that um, if you have a population that inhabited at least by 30%, there's a problem looming to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you have a population um, um, inhabited by at least 50%, there's a problem already happening. Mm. But we're we're like about three hundred percent of that population where we are the minorities here. So what do you mm -hmm. think Monk is able to do? So we take all these inferences and um all these teachings from everybody else but ourselves. So yes. that's where so that's why when they came up with this K mankind mm -hmm. in twenty nineteen, that don't make no sense. K man there's no kind of K Manion. Mm -hmm. It's just a K Manion itself. Mm -hmm. You can't, 
you can't mix up something and say you call it a one name. It's, it's a mongrel, like like any dog breed that you mix. If you get two pedigree dogs mixed, mm -hmm. um, a Rottweiler and a Chihuahua is going to be called a mongrel. Yeah, but listen, listen, Carlos. So no matter what kind of pedigree you put in it, yes, it's going to be a mongrel. Listen, you, know how, you, know how foolish, <laughs> you know how foolish people are? We we come up with these hybrid names like Shapoo. Like you said, everybody knows that's a mongrel dog. It's no longer pure bad, but we don't want to accept. This is the reality now. We don't want to call that little cute little dog a mongrel. We're like, no, 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 no. I mixed it with a Shih Tzu and a Poodle, so it's a Shapoo. It's like, what? But the whole thing, okay, but you see <laughs> that time when all day. you that that's a mongrel dog. But when us, they made the statement about the driftwood. You remember that? Mm -hmm. A lot of a lot of were up in arms and said, "Oh, who are you gonna call these super driftwood?" But mm -hmm. um, if if they check back the history, I would say about ninety nine percent of Cayman people here are driftwood. Cayman, Cayman is still forming its own. There wasn't a whole bag of insects that everybody has cousins and aunties and um everybody has family like that. So it has to be driftwood come here to make the population what it is, but I think we have sold ourselves so short. I mean, when I say sold ourselves short, we have sold this place to every Tom, Dick, and Harry for a million dollars as far as status, and they have more rights than the K-Manage itself, which is so wrong. I mean, this, is, this reminds me of America back in the day, what they did to the Indians. The Indians were there all this time, and um, then the pilgrims came, and the Indians taught them how to live in the land, and what happened after was a big massacre. They talk about Hitler, what he did to the um, Jews and stuff, mm -hmm. or what America did to the Indians. Mm -hmm. That's an atrocity that nobody wants to talk about because America is this big, great country that um, everybody looks up to, but they need to look into history to see what the future is going to look like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Cayman and has a, a, a great scope to look at right now because we can take all these impressions from around the world and I mean because we're still in a bubble. We're still one of the greatest little nations to live in. I don't care what nobody says. This is the last land of the free. The last. Well, so, we, we have to, but believe me, you, there there are issues here. And I, I agree that Cayman is still a wonderful and beautiful place. But we have to be willing to fight to preserve it and to make it better. Because there are things that we can do to improve it. And, you know, sitting back and allowing other people to come here with their culture, without their culture, I don't care. Um, is not that, going to be a good look for us. We have Sandra, to, but that's we the problem. That, that's the problem, Sandra, when you say the key word, fight. Uh-uh. We fight on the radio, we talk on the email, we um, internet bad people until we meet each other. Mm. If you get what I'm saying, we mm. too passive to stand together. We put ego, everybody want to say I. Mm. No, but why do, we, why do we all stand collectively and say we? Yes. That would be much more better for everybody. Mm -hmm. If one, it's, it's a scene scenario why the um, billionaire don't build no houses or he, he don't build his mansion in the ghetto. Because no matter how he picks up around his house, he's still going to be in the ghetto. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So no matter how cheap that land is, no matter how cheap that land is, and he could build 10 times of what he built in a rich neighborhood, he's not going to go to the ghetto because the scenery is not there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's coming back to what we're saying here. But you see, a lot of people want to get that, you know what I mean? Because we are already so loud. We gave away what we gave away, but we can't complain and say our culture gone. But yet every day we're still setting ourselves short because we'd rather to, um, to um, 
lift up somebody who's not from here and to lift up our own. Mm-hmm. We're not fighting for what's left in Cayman. Right now, I see they have this big thing for Cayman Brack now. Everybody cheering on it. Mm-hmm. This uh, marina that they want built on there. But where is the infrastructure that is going to support that? Who is that benefiting? Is it benefiting the Cayman Brack people? Will they have jobs and um, will they have a, a foot into this industry? Mm-hmm. No. It's going to be like Cayman. Cayman, Cayman is not Cayman owned anymore. If you did this research around here, Cayman don't own nothing. And, and the few developers that we do have, all of them want to work independently and they want to say, I, I check out the big developers, all of them working together. Yes. So that is what's keeping us as locals out of the industry because of our stupid ego. Everybody wants to put a building to say, oh, that's my building there. And I'm I did that building. Mm-hmm. No, but we need to work collectively mm-hmm. to save this place. This is the last, like I tell them now, came out from what I grew up to see and seeing it now is, is a totally different place. Mm-hmm. Totally different place. I mean, the people, the ambience of the place, everything, like we, like the latest, the earlier, we could have went to sleep with our windows and doors open. Yes. Cool breeze come in and we were safe. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to work at a neighbor watch neighbor. We had a, a real neighborhood. Yeah. Because that was a village. Okay. Everybody took care of everybody. I could yeah. not go home and pass no L on the road without saying good morning, that's, ma'am, good afternoon, right. good night. Right. Because and, I'll be free to God that they might be my mother first. Yeah. <laughs> right? And you know what else, caller? Even the caliber of what we used to bring in, right? So sometimes tensions, and, and I'm, I'm very, very cautious because I don't want anyone to ever think that I'm anti-expat. In fact, I'm the opposite. I have benefited from going to another man's country and being embraced I okay, man, some, you know. at, some, at some level, right? But... And there is a big difference, trust me. But listen, <laughs> even sometimes when Caymanians say to me, oh, you know, we need to close the borders, we got too many expats here, blah, blah, blah. I say, hold on a second. Now, <laughs> that, that, that don't make no sense. And I, and I try to talk some no, sense no. into them. But you know what? One of the funniest things that has happened is that the caliber of what we used to attract has changed, right? We are allowing people to come in now with no degree of whether it's the dance hall artist before we used to have some kind of controls over that. We said, okay, if you engage in certain behavior, that's your right, but not in this country. We don't want you on stage using profanity and cursing and gyrating going on and on. We have dropped all, all oh, criteria. Sandra, somebody Sandra that's systematic enough. Yeah, somebody said Sandra, uh, people who are HIV positive now, right? We are, are have AIDS. We allow them to remain in this jurisdiction. Yes, that's all gone by the by the wayside. And people do not understand how every single move has been eroding not just our culture but our very legal framework. And but Sandra, that it's all has systematic. an impact on our society. But so it's all systematic in the from the educational to, system. Yes, all. the people need to wake up. Okay, why did government spend over sixty something thousand dollars? on a fingerprinting machine that is left in customs warehouses until it was obsolete. Right. Why would we yes. do that? And why did we spend why? millions on a on a scanner for um, border control <laughs> that couldn't even fit, couldn't physically fit in the space that they had for it? And that again, it's- sat there until it corroded and was obsolete. And then we had to go buy a new one. But these are the questions that we need to ask and get answers to because here what? We're asking the question and they're falling in deaf ears. So it just becomes talk. There is no action. There is no um, 
components behind it to say, well, let's find out what is the problem so we can come to a solution. But the mm-hmm. problem is going to keep on existing because if we have a society where we are graduating students by academic, um, not by academics, but by attendance, we're, we're, we're going to be on a downhill slide so far that we can't hit ourselves back up. So we're going to need to import every time they can hire it to keep the system going that we're going to say, oh, we're not educated enough or we don't have enough um, experience to do this. So, and then we're going to be the ones in the back um, burning out. We're going to try to burn the whole house down because we can't get a piece of nothing. Yeah. But it's the people that we keep on a lecking, thinking that they're going to do it better the next time and the next time. Look, mm-hmm. we put them there, we need to take them out of there when they're not performing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what we need to do. But it, I have never seen them take out somebody out of seat when they're not performing. You'll hear everybody pick up, or he'll, he'll walk across the aisle. You'll sit down listen, by yourself in the corner. Listen, you still get a paycheck. Hold on now. We can't even take civil servants out when they're not performing much less elected officials. Jeez. So, That's I mean, the thing, boy. No listen, listen, you know, uh, I, I think that if, if anybody should be movable and fireable, it's the civil servants who are the ones actually doing the day-to-day work. But that seems exactly. to be an impossible task. Carla, leave me there. Those are some excellent comments. I I have Thank people you. asking who is this young man. They want to know his name, honey chair. No, 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 you, no, you no, no. Me oh. off here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's real. <laughs> bye bye. I appreciate it. Um, yes, we allow you to remain anonymous if you wish to do so. Um, but yes, yeah, some other commanded boy. I like him, you know. Who he who he for? Who his mom is. I need to talk to him. Mm-mm. Um Ms. Darlene says, caller, that seems like coppers are looking for a grease palm, just saying. <laughs> Ooh, what a hot mess. Uh, Ms. Etta says, this is United Law, United States Law, bottom line. Um, what was that one about? Oh, my gosh. Woo. Hmm? Um, did somebody say bless me virtually? Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Ms. Darlene says everyone can eventually uh, directly or indirectly need uh, CMR. Alejandro says, nah, I'm just listening now. Good morning, Kimaria. Uh, Kimaria says them best that oh, them best that until situations reaches their doorstep. Yes. Then they'll be singing a different type of story, San, um, Sandy. Yes, honey, chill. They best believe that. Uh-huh. Alejandro says, um, amen. Origami. That was the word I was looking for. Thank you, Alejandro. Uh, Brandon is having a little smile to himself, a little laugh this morning. Irvlin says, well, it's true. Miss Faith says, yes, this is the, that is the first time I listened to you, and I always listen to you from then. I appreciate that. Um, I think when you found your calling, you found your calling. And, um, you know, I love being here with you guys in the morning. Um, even the days that I don't feel like rolling out of bed, because it is a job, I told you all this before, I still roll out of bed and I get up and I hit the shower and I'm here. Yes. And we're going to do it. Uh, Irvlin says, I really enjoy your program, Sandy. Thank you. Oh, this is like a, let's show Sandy some love moment. Alejandro says, it's true, Sandy. Keep it up. Oh, you guys are so sweet. 
Exactly, caller. Okay, mankind is just an expression. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, it's one of those things that um, a lot of people take out of context. They think K mankind means K man stupid. <laughs> and uh, K man, we can roll over K manians because once we use the K term, K man term, they have to fall in line and do whatever we want. Good morning to the beautiful Miss Sue. How are you? Alejandro says, OMG, Sandy, you sneeze like a kitten. God bless you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't help it. Everybody's like, just let it out. Like, I'm like, oh God, I, I can't. Like, I literally can't. <laughs> ah, what a hot mess. Uh, Jode Jodeci, is that how you're? Jodes says, I was shocked to see people blatantly littering last year and I just knew they were the replacements for the COVID repatriated, definitely not integrated, or perhaps just too many imported too fast. So Cayman is diluted to the point of no return. <sighs> Boy, Jodes, I, I, you know, even, even something as simple as that, there was a time when Caymanians took pride in their surroundings, right? We believed in keeping our streets clean, our homes clean, our yards clean. You know, we believe that cleanliness was next to godliness. Uh-huh. Right? What, 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 um, you know, number one people used to say, come, come and look at somebody's house and you can tell a lot about them. Not just how they dress up and go out into the streets, because some of y'all go dress up and go in the streets. And when people see your yard and your house, you're like, ooh, that's where they live. Mm. No, honey, Chad, they don't look too righted. Right? We were people with pride. Not wealthy people, not people that had a whole lot of material things, but we took pride in what we had. We took pride in, you know, maintaining ourselves to a certain standard. My dear, that has gone by the wayside. And like I said, you always have a certain segment of your own population that leaves a lot to be desired. Cayman is no exception. So we have always had riffraff Caymanians, right? That were always not compliant with the laws, that peddling in drugs, money laundering. And when I say riffraff, I don't mean that they're poor or they're George Tanners or they're black or they're white. It ran the gamut. And to me, you're a riffraff when you can't even be legally compliant. Like you just make stuff up as you go along. You do what you want to do. But on top of that, we have done a spectacular, and when I use the term spectacular, that's not a good way to use it. We have done a spectacular job of importing a lot of people that are of no use to us. Yeah. Like I said, I have benefited from living in another man's country and the experience is amazing. There's a lot that you can learn from that type of a situation. And I was most grateful for having had the opportunity to live in the United States of America. That's why in my, in my little heart, there's always a special little place for Tampa and for the U.S. as a whole, despite the slew of issues that they have. And I think some of that, they've gone downhill even more since I've left, right? But a country that allows you to have these opportunities, you should be grateful, you should be thankful, and you should be respectful. However, we have allowed the opportunity to everybody, and some people are simply not deserving. If you're a criminal, if you're a criminal mind, and you're slack, and you just want to throw garbage in our streets, and you don't want to raise your children, and you want to be you know, whoremongering all over the place, those are not the cultural and characteristics and traits that we should be willing to import into our country. The beggars and the this and that. So I was having a conversation recently. I'm going to read some of this to y'all because 
Of course, I'm not naming any names. This is what the person said to me, right? I, I get how people feel. This person said, Sandy, I've been reading Facebook today and up to now have seen five lots of couples who've just moved here. It's crazy. Why are they still letting so many younger people live and work here? Now that's, it's so wrong. I'm sure you will agree. Well, not quite, but they go on. They say one family has four kids all in private school too. So much money. They can't find a big enough bus car to buy here. It's unbelievable. I'm not sure bus car. I guess they were, I don't know if the family was posting that they needed a bigger vehicle with four kids. I don't know. So I replied and I said, good morning, my dear. They said, morning, Sandy. Sorry, I'm sounding so bitter. And then they mentioned some personal stuff, and I'm, which I'm not going to get into by why, why they're bitter a little bit. Um, and they say, and I said, well, I said, it's okay, my love. So many stresses in life, just take it easy. And then I replied to their substantive comment. I said, what, well, what's the alternative? Are you saying you'd prefer more poor people? And then they said, no more people in mine. Sorry. And I said, no, 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 that's not realistic. Come on now. We can't put a moratorium and say no more people are allowed into this country. And it's not for me about rich versus poor. It's about the quality, the caliber of what you're importing. Because you got rich people, as I've said in this program, who have no scruples, no morals. We shouldn't let them even put one little toe over the border if we had any sense. And likewise, you have people who might come from a poor situation, who are hardworking individuals, who are going to be good for your community. We need to do a better assessment of who we're letting in by way of work permits even. Right? Not everything that glitters is gold. And not everything that is dull and dingy is of no value. You have to know how to look beyond the sort of surface things and make a proper assessment. We can't put a moratorium in place. There are Caymanian businesses who are operating, who are out there advertising and trying to find Caymanian staff. And despite people claiming that they're unemployed, they're, some of them are not applying to some of these jobs. So I don't have any issues with diversity, people coming, having a bit of a melting pot. I have an issue when Caymanians are relegated to second-class citizens in their own country for no legitimate reason, right? They're doing the right things. They're working hard. This is the Cayman Islands. So opportunities should be made available to our people who are willing to do the right thing. And that's why every single day that I can get on my little soapbox and say to Caymanians who are not doing the right thing, I can't go to bat for you. You need to, to sort out your hot mess of a life. Stop engaging marriages of convenience. Stop cuddling and hiding gangsters and robbers and rapists and child molesters in this country. Because Caymanians are doing that. We're also adding to the situation and making it much more complex. Right? We are the ones, in part, who are helping to destroy our own country. And that's not right. I don't want a foreigner to do it, but I'm also not going to destroy my own country. That's why, folks, we're coming up before you know it. Next general election. Right? Next thing you're going to hear, oh, this is why you should vote for me. 
Mm-hmm. And you're not bringing nothing to the table, but a bag of promises, empty promises. Mm-mm. You got to do better. And I can tell you that already every Tom, Dick, and Harry is out there talking about, oh, they're going to run for office. I said, run where? You, you, you should be running around the track trying to focus your hot mess of a life. Talking about you going to run for office. You want to run this country. You don't have no skill set to run anything. Trust me. You guys, you guys see some eye-opening things happening in the next election. Everybody, oh yeah, I want to run for office. They think it easy money, you see. Because let's be honest, right? It's not that it's the most money in the world. Don't get me wrong. But for people who have a little bit of a, there's two things from politician. Have a lazy streak and they have a streak of a little bit of narcissism and they, they just want people to, be treating them like royalty because some of them get into it for the power tripping aspect of it. Yeah. The world of politics appeals to them because you're making eight, $9,000 a month and the people that you're working for can't even see you, can't find you. You're not working. You're not doing nothing but getting invited to every ribbon cutting and filling your belly and putting on 25 pounds during the, the, the term. If you work for it, it is a decent salary. And if you truly work for it, I ain't got no bones to pick with what we pay our MPs. I have a bone to pick when they're not working for it. They're not doing nothing for their constituents. The constituents can't even see them, but once every four years. Now, you know what my position is. I tell you all the time, I don't believe that MPs are here to micromanage your individual lives. That's not what they should be doing. But because we live in such a small community, a lot of you have that expectation. But as Alejandro said this morning, the job of the politicians should be to set policy that is going to benefit all of the people of the Cayman Islands equally, not put obstacles in our way and not interfere with what we're trying to do as long as a, a good, honest living. Good morning, caller. Good morning, Sandy. How are you doing? Not bad. How are you? I don't know, what, what do you cook in your kitchen? Because you're really burning it up this morning. <laughs> Listen, let me explain something to you. Remember back in the day, um, I know most of the time you were in the States, but back in the day, one of the things is that Caymanians had um, that was better than WhatsApp and Facebook and was communication, uh-huh. right? If I did something, by the time I got home, my parents knew about it, right? And we were always strong together. And that's why we became a community. When you come and you separate that community, that's when you got the stronghold of the people, mm. right? That's when you take advantage of the people. So what they did was, and, and this is the reason why you're a thorn and most people higher above, meaning DPP, um, but it's because you let the people know about the big light, mm. right? It just like we, uh, I know you remembered when the cruise ship came here and the guy had uh, COVID and they turned around a cruise ship and then they came back and they turned around again. The people wouldn't have known unless you said so. You understand? So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, why 
most people are losing the manners and why the younger generation do not have the manners is because guess what? If you separate the people from the family, mm-hmm. if that's where your power gets. Now, back in the day, you had mother and father that was raising their kids. Even if the mother separated from the father, the father still had part of their life, right? The, the mother would, the father would go to see, this, the father would go to see, and the mother would stay home, raise the kid, but the father would still come home and have a, a say in the child's life. Now, when you have so many bills coming in, like the water bill, mortgage, and all these stuff coming in, you put in, put more stress on the family, the, stress, the family is not at home. Now, basically, the father becomes the firm donor, and the mother is just not, not even there. So they, they're never home to, to take care of their child. When you have mothers coming home at 9 o'clock at night and the father's barely seeing the child, barely doing the homework, and this and that, whatever the case may be, that's where the big separation come from. And no one's doing anything to, to, to alleviate that because the powers to be have their money inside of the other equities, either fuel, light, whatever. They, be, they have their own self-interest, so they're not worried about them because they're making eight nine $9,000 a month so they can afford a helper, mm-hmm. right? And they can afford to get this helper and they can afford to get that helper. Now, you might have said one of the things that, you know, we have Jamaica police, Jamaican um, a prison office and this and that, whatever. They put the goalpost so further ahead for K-Minus that if K-Minus goes into that um, that position, they become a threat, i.e. Um, chief of police, mm-hmm. right? So when you start putting these people, K-Minus, into that, they become a threat. Ask why most of the police officers and, and the good police officers, why they were forced out of the police department, mm-hmm. right? Because of the certain positions. And everything, they always say shit flows downwards. So everything gets, they, those Jamaican police is getting the command from the other ones. And they will tell you straight off the bat. It don't make no sense. They try and make a difference because the other person to be above them is going to jump them and say, no, you're supposed to do it this way. Or you lose your contract and you go back home. But if they have a Caymanian in there, who we are sending? Mm-hmm. South Sound? North Side? Button Down? No, you can't do that. You understand? So that's one of the big reasons why in Caymanians need to get together instead of bitching and complaining to each other, mm-hmm. stand together as one because united to stand and the divided to fall. And they're basically dividing it because I was raised by my mom who was divorced from my father, but my father still had say in my life. Mm-hmm. Every Friday and Saturday and Sunday, I had to go spend the weekend with him. Yes. And there was no if, answer, but. And he had to make sure that I iron my clothes, make up my bed, and this not before I even came out of the house. Good. You understand? Yeah. So a lot of that is being separated now. And guess what? The court system is there for a lot of people who have taken um, um, uh, their fathers or the baby fathers or the whatever to court for child maintenance. That is not there to work for you. The court's there to make money for themselves. Right. Mm. The court system is basically there for me because every time that you take your baby father to court or baby mother to court for child maintenance, the first thing they say, the court costs, the court costs, the court costs. Every time it's the court costs. If you have to go out, yes, court system in the U.S. and also in Cayman is there to make money. So every time you go to court, you postpone that court case. How do you think they get paid? Court costs, court costs, court costs. Right. The thing is, people need to start sticking together. 
And if we start well, sticking Kevin, together, we will not be like the um, the Aborigines. And I keep on saying that. We are being pushed to the corner like the Aborigines. And yes. there are going to be certain places that we're not going to be able to. Well, there are certain places now that we can't go. That when we go, they have like an attitude when we come there. But at the end of the day, we're being pushed to the corner like Aborigines. And we need to start sticking together and have that link together and stop that broken link. That's the one reason why. I am sorry to say, but that's why DPP is always have it out for you because you call the light out when it's, you know, instead of when you see the k miners walking in the dock, you show the flashlight and say, look, you're going to, but you're going to trip right there. You understand? So at the end of the day, people need to understand this. And like I said, I was raised in the 70s, 80s and 90s with my parents. And even though they were separated, my father still had that say. You understand? So anytime that I had to go away or whatever, school trips or whatever, and that's the reason why kids are falling behind in school because the parents are not there to do and help them do the homework, help them to do this. Mm -hmm. You have to have a helper or somebody rich and you could stay home and, and pay for a helper and have all these at home. Yeah, you can afford it. But what about the mom and pop that works at Foster's and, and, and other places that cannot afford a helper? Where are these people? Where's the help for these people? Mm -hmm. Right? You could give away everything, but yet you what the politician needs to have yeah. is do like what they have at work, like how mm -hmm. we have at a regular work, a work evaluation. You do an evaluation every year to see how well you do and make the people decide on your evaluation. All right, Colin. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. Thank you. Some very, very interesting comments there. Phone lines blowing up this morning, Sasha says we also need to look at these upper class expats who have relocated here and one don't try to integrate with the locals number two contribute to the glass ceiling of corporate jobs that our school leavers cannot get a seat at the table and number three who are downright prejudiced sasha i cannot argue or disagree with anything that you've said simple straightforward dj yo-yo says leaders um have always have allow people to come to the island and adopt not the good, but the bad for their own benefit and screwed it up fancy enough uh, to make it look like the solution when in fact it is the other way around or screened it up, he said, fancy enough to make it look like it's the solution when in fact it's the other way around. And in some, the other way around and in the long run, it only makes things worse. Good morning, caller. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? Not bad. How are you? Good. Um, you really hit the nail on the head there a few points ago. Mm -hmm. um, just two points that I wanted to add to that is that one, Cayman is in a, a situation where it's almost like crabs in a bucket. Mm -hmm. Everybody will pull anybody down to get ahead and they know that person is not succeeding or not trying their best and, and showing up for work and on time. Like you said, we have our, our ones that we're not too proud of in our community, but the ones that are really shining and whatnot, we should be lifting them up, not pulling them down and fighting each other in this infighting. And the second point I was going to make was, you know, you mentioned the election time is coming around and this one wants to run and that one mm -hmm. wants to run. Well, um, let's sit back and look at what we've dealt with for all these years, regardless if it was PACT or UDP or PPM. Mm -hmm. AIM promises every election we're mm -hmm. going to fix the infrastructure, we're going to fix the education, we're going to fix the healthcare. I have PAC hasn't, in my opinion, this is my opinion, right? 
we're not moving any further than we were with TPM because they're dragging their feet. They're dragging their feet. The policymakers, like you said, the civil service are not doing what they need to do. And it doesn't matter how many directives and promises they make, they may make to us if they're not followed through on. And it's getting to the point where it's very frustrating to young Caymanians like myself. Um, because it's like, okay, they, they tell us the whole on is going to be changed. There's change mm-hmm. coming. Don't worry about it. It's coming. It's coming. Change is coming. Give us another six months. Okay, six months pass. Ah, oh, another six months. Ah, uh, uh, wh- what about now? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's all I had to add this morning is that it, the broken promises and the empty promises are getting a bit old. The civil service needs to step up and, and carry out. Because in reality, this country is, is 10 to 15 years behind, right? from an infrastructure and a healthcare uh, spot. You know, our financial uh, sector is, is is strong and we know that. But if we really want to fix how this country turns out in a positive light in the next 20 years, mm-hmm. we have to start with education. We have to start with getting our population healthy. And we have to start people making people's lives better with the infrastructure. You know, people are driving up and down, sitting in traffic. But that's all mm-hmm. they had to add. Um, nothing, nothing further than that. I appreciate but, uh, it. You can hear the frustration in my voice as a Absolutely. young Caymanian that these that these promises are continuously, continuously not met, and uh, I've, I've lost a lot of faith, and a lot of young Caymanians my age as well have lost um, faith in in the current mm-hmm. government and pretty much all politicians, and uh, it's it, it's sad. It's sad because yes. we're so much potential in this country. But yeah. anyway, so I really hit the nail on the head, uh, the head on it really, really well a few points ago. So thanks for making that point this morning. Yes, thank you too for your call. I appreciate it. And you know, it, it breaks my heart when I hear young Caymanians saying that they are losing hope. My God. Oh my God. Because if our, if our young people lose hope, what is there? What's left? Right? Oh, Lord, we got to do something. Uh, this uh, listener to the program says, expats don't like when expats act a fool either. We have to be careful who we are united against. If it's just a color or sex or nationality, then the bad actors slip through. We are united against bad behavior. No matter who you are, then everybody has to step up and do better. Wow. Thank you, caller um, to the program or listener to the program, I should say. Exactly. And that's why, you know, I make it a point. <laughs> I tell people don't get insulted because one day I might be talking about bad behavior with um, Jamaicans, Caymanians, Filipinos, English people, Americans, Canadians. It doesn't really matter who you are. Cubans, they got enough bad behavior to, to go around a couple of times around the island. They are really the migrants in particular, not the Cubans that have been here and have assimilated into our community. And there are lots of them. No, 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 no. We talk about these now that coming off these boats that have no decorum, no morals. They're going in our retail stores, spitting in the ground. They're robbing um, the the donation bins and stuff at the Red Cross. But the government, when I say the government, I'm talking about the police. They don't want to tell you that it's them that's doing it, defecating in in the Red Cross bins and all kind of foolishness. Who does that? You know who does it? 
the Cubans who were robbing the place. But nobody wants to tell you that because they're like, oh, no, 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 we, we don't want to mention the Cubans. We don't want to mention that they stole 300 kunk out of our sea, right? That they're making women uncomfortable as they're walking around in, in, in groups and saying sexual things to our women and young girls. If no one is going to speak up and speak on this and put an end to it, what the hell do you think is going to be the end result? I had somebody say, I don't, I don't know why these people um, be contacting Ma Road. Like Ma Road is going to solve their problems. Uh, this was after we posted over the weekend, another person again saying, listen, Miss Sandy, um, you know, these Cubans were in reflections there across some flow. So that's the intersection of Shedden Road and Eastern Avenue. And this is, you know, this is what they were doing. This is the behavior that they were engaging in. Um, this is what they said. They said, I have a statement to make. A Cuban was in the reflection store last night in Eastern Avenue across from Flow. He was spitting all over in the store. And when me and my cousin spoke to him, uh, he was trying to come up in her faces like he was trying to defend something. On our way back, he tried to follow us and we told him to stop. He took out his wallet saying, give me some effing money or else. I told him to go and look work and stop begging and harassing us. Well, he's not supposed to look work either. So just for the record, he started making threats and continued to follow us until I told him that I was going to take that rum bottle from his hands and swipe him. Um, and that seemed to scare him away. Sandra, these Cubans need to come off of the road because someone is going to get hurt or we have to end up hurting them in self-defense, shaking my head. And so, of course, my first question was, well, what did what did reflections do? What did the police do? So they said that not sure, but we called the police after. And when we went back to check, he was gone and the people had on gloves. The store people, the reflections had on gloves. You can imagine. Now they had to go um, clean up somebody's spit. What the hell? Anyway, we posted that up and some people were like, oh, I don't know why they sent it to Samar Road. Samar Road can do Called the police. They said they called the police. And when they went back, the police were already gone. But here's what Mauro did. By posting it, we've now had a senior CBC officer reach out to us and say, um, Sandy, we're going to check the cameras in the area. We need to identify who this individual was. And please ask the person who has contacted you if they would be willing to give us a statement. So now... There's movement, there's forward movement on this, and something is actually going to happen as a result. That's what Ma Road does. Morning, caller. Hello? Uh-oh. Miss Charlene. Miss Charlene? I can't hear you if you're there. Mm -hmm. I thought you gone quiet, honey, chill. So, you know, there is power in exposing situations. And that's what we do. We put it out there in the public. And then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, we need to call somebody. We need to do this. We need to look at CCTV camera. Why didn't the police do that to begin with? Good morning, caller. Good morning, Sandra. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm beautiful. How are you? Yep, yep, yep. I just want to put you on the spot this morning. Mm -hmm. you, don't think, you don't think that some of these, uh, or most of these policies, all of these politicians. Just say, say that once more for me. You're kind of coming in low. You don't think that these politicians 
on this island is by both the opposition and the and the ruling the ruling government. You don't think that they're by out? That they're bought out? Yeah, yeah, that they're bought um, out. Um listen. I think that like most things in life, um, it, it's probably a little bit more complex than that, right? I think in some instances, there are people who are genuinely trying to make a difference for love of country. They're not there for the money. They don't need the money. They don't even need the job. So they're there to really try to make a difference as best they can. There's some people who are there because they're on a power trip. It's all about me, 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 me. Look at me. I want to be the next premier. You know, I'm trying to cut off poor um, Wayne at the knees. This, that, and the next thing. There are people there who are just about the money. They've never had a decent job yet in their lives. And so now they're making, you know, twelve, fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars a month, and they're happy as a pig in mud, and they're not really doing much work for it. And those are the people, when you look at their performance, who go in there, and I'm aware of exactly who they are. Just the other day, they were willing to talk to the progressive government about tearing this current government apart, so they could get a bigger position, so they could get Speaker of the House, so they could get Minister. And I think all yeah. of those people, whatever, whatever it is, whatever their motivations are, they are dangerous in their own way when they do not have their loyalties placed with the people of this country. Whether the loyalty is to some foreign entity, whether the loyalty is to their own ego and narcissism, or whether the loyalty is to a paycheck, and that is it. So I, I can't yeah. say with a, a sweeping thing that they're all... They're all bought out. I think a, a lot of it is is different things, you know. Yeah, I mean you you put it you put it well. I mean, you know, I would I would say the same thing, but I have yet to see, I have yet to see the one that dedicated himself to this country, mm. and I'm uh, I'm I'm almost I'm almost fifty years old now. Mm. And I have yet to see one by time by the time I um was aware of it. I've yet to see one that is dedicated to this country. It's so one sad. that goes on the road. One that goes out on the road that say, well, these are my team, I know people and I got to them and I got to walk with them. Mm -hmm. I have mm -hmm. yet to see that person of all of my years in politics. I haven't seen that person yet. And I don't think we're going to see that person again. Mm -hmm. the, way that the, world, the way that the world is going out. Because the offices tend to, tend to follow, follow each other and they're following other countries, the way that the systems in other countries is being mm -hmm. implemented mm -hmm. here, right, right, right through capitalism and and, and and the whole work and and and, and companies being lobbied to buy out to buy out buy out uh, powerful powerful people. So you just mentioned why can't we fire the civil servants? We're gonna civil servants got got something on top of the people that hired them. Not simple. You, you some of them got fired, you know. But you don't hear nothing about it. Some of them get fired and get well, and get paid off. Yeah, to be fair, um, yeah. CBC fired some the other day for smoking talk. marijuana. <laughs> but you yeah, know, right. they they were allowed to to resign, so we don't technically know that they were fired. Okay, okay well, all right then. That's right because they didn't want them to talk or they didn't want to didn't mm. want it to be exposed because you know we're just a we're just a banana republic. Yeah. Well, look look at what they're pushing now. They're pushing. They're pushing the gambling law and the marijuana law to yeah. legalize it. All these things in this country that mm -hmm. they could do. They've been in there two years now, or they've been over two years. Yeah. And you know, they're not done that constructive. Yeah. They're not done that. Well, you know what? I, I'm not going to say that because there, there is a lot that they have done. But I think one thing that they're not doing, 
And again, um, a lot of people are asking for the premiere to come back on the show. We had Impact Wednesday. They seem to be getting a slow start to the new year. Here we are, the 25th of month, and you know we don't hear who's coming on next or whatever. But let, let me say this as it relates to this whole gambling and, and, and decriminalization of marijuana, right? Some politicians, and this is maybe a characteristic of humans in general, they go for the lowest hanging fruit, the stuff that is easy to do, right? Oh, well, let's let's talk. Let's have a referendum, waste millions of dollars asking you if you want to decriminalize marijuana. Let's waste millions of dollars if you want gambling. Like you said, there are more important issues that we could be spending millions of dollars on. Now, to this government's credit, they have given children school school lunches. They've removed the cost of that. They have done things, but they've actually done a horrible job of even letting us know what it is that we're doing. What, what it is that they're doing? My apologies. So, you know, they, they need to step up to, to the plate for their own good, <laughs> you know, because two months out of an election, then they come on and well, Sandy, I did this and I did it. Where were you the last four years consistently telling the people the only person who has been doing it is the premier was coming on with his impact. Um, it was a uh, premier access show and also um, Sabrina Turner. Sabrina Turner has been consistent. Has been somewhat consistent, but he got so much hot messes around him that he seems incapable of doing anything about that. Unfortunately, the people looking at him with a side eye going, what the hell? And he is also the one who is going after this low hanging fruit, gambling and, and, and marijuana smoking. I mean, of yeah, all the things you. that we can be you. focusing thank on. You thank you, brother. <laughs> I've been saying that my head couple of days. He wasn't the one that said he was going to build this um, build this complex to house to house in a UTEP tenant. Because nobody else wants to um, want to rent rent any Ukraine. Right? He wasn't the one that said he was going to build. He's in power now, mm-hmm. right? So why don't the whole government support something? What is that? Something good mm-hmm. is that 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 people can't get um. Yeah, because you know what you know what it is. It's easy for Mount to say something. And to get to get your behind in action and actually do it is two different yeah. things. So now yeah. he himself has had a rude awakening of how the system actually works when you're a minister, right? Yeah. So it just don't work. So you don't have a magic wand and be like, oh yes, let's just build this. That's not how it works. However, you know how long I have been begging the people over at the National Housing Trust to come on the program and tell the people what is available to them for lower income housing options, what they're doing, how their projects are going. There's supposed to be one north side that they're starting, one I don't know where else. Tell the people and trying to get these civil servants on here to even inform us of what they're doing is like pulling teeth. This is the problem now. I'm telling you, they don't don't want to do nothing for the for low income homes because they're doing it. They're not telling the people. Yeah, and they're going to go against the developers. Because they want to develop, they, they want people to spend money into the bank and into the development system. So if they build homes now, here about it, gonna go for them low budget homes, you know? and the developers gonna be out of it. So well, be, listen, they have a mandate uh, from the political arm to get this done and to build the homes. So well, I agree with that, but we need to know exactly. how are you coming along with this mandate? How far have you reached? Yeah, but yeah. You, but you, but you see, you see the problem. You see the problem, caller. The board. Now get all mixed up in, in stealing moral 
from government. So now that's a criminal case. That's a fraud case that will drag out for years. And this is what happens when you put people in place on these boards that should never be there to begin with. That's the kind of stuff I blame the politicians for. And by the way, has the head of that board, now that he's been charged with a criminal offense, been made to resign as yet? Minister J.E. Banks, has has your guy resigned? How come we can't hear nothing about that? Yep, exactly. I mean, no. right is right and wrong is wrong. Like I said, I don't care who he is. Political ties, political ties. The second he was arrested and there was pending charges, he should have done the right thing and resigned and sat down. Now we know that he has been charged. And all now, I can't hear the man has resigned. We want him to at least, at least pretend to stand up for us then. At least pretend to start up, even if even if you're not trust, legit. At least trust. pretend to do that, but they just they just quiet nobody. And I say nothing, man, and, right. and, and it brings more more suspicion onto yeah. the whole thing, you know. And yeah. he was charged All in right. October, and we still can't hear nothing yet. Thank you, caller. Yeah, I'll leave you right there. All okay. right, my dear, I appreciate it. So I'm hopeful. Um, again, I mean, the minister not said one word. Uh, th- this is where I don't care if he's your friend. If he's your political ally, if he's your cousin, my dear, this is where you pick up the phone and you say to him, honey child, you found yourself as the NHDT chairman now facing criminal allegations. Doesn't mean that they're true, folks. Understand what I'm saying to you. But the proper thing to do is to resign from the board because the allegations are in relation to you and your position on the board. Yeah. So you resign, Mr. Jeffrey William Ebanks. Caller, good morning. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to a uh, male caller a few minutes ago, um, speaking about how his father had him from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the weekends, I would just like to congratulate his mom and his dad the whole family, and especially the lady, because it's a wise woman, mm-hmm. in my opinion, who allows her family to go on regardless of family status and to take care of her children by providing, allowing the father to provide for them with his time and his love and his energies, even though they might have squashed their relationship. is. Surely, truly to me, something to wonder at in today's world and in our society. It's not chopping up. It's not going to court. It's not letting the children choose sides, sit sides. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the whole, uh, I'm I'm impressed with just his um, telling of his family story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because those children may not be perfect, but none of us are. But just because of how the parents raised them, I'm sure they are happy and productive adults. Even if they do have some little pock marks on them and scuffs and scraps like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very impressed with that story this morning. But um, to talk about Caymanians being divided, it is only me that can allow somebody who came here on a plane to divide me mm-hmm. from you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your big sister Cam dragging on me all weekend, but anything I wanted, she went and she got it for me while I was weeping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
how can somebody came off the plane from Timbuktu, royalty out of England, presidents out of the United States, they cannot, I could, I would never allow them. We, right. these people, it's a strategy. I see it every day, yes. Mm-hmm. It's not, it exists. The, the struggle is real. Mm-hmm. But we step away from each other. I go in the road directly and look for you hard eh? Because I'm not talking the new year come. So it is us, folks. It is us, Caymanians. Don't get out here and talk about how we are divided. Yes, we are divided, but who divided us? Exactly. Yeah. What, 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 what do they say about a house? Um, uh, divided. Stand. Yes, yes. And we are divided from within. So, of course, it's easy. It's easy for people to come from the outside and pick us off. One by as one, you, as you say, we old, allow it to happen. It's the oldest battle strategy, and mm-hmm. the in the world, and from people who read history, I ain't got no education, mm-hmm. but I listen to people who I know got more than me. And from I was a child, I heard divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. It's in the Bible, too. and um, you know it's it's guaranteed a hundred percent. It's guaranteed mm-hmm. a thousand percent that we will ne- nobody will stand. As a, as a, as a, but you don't want us to call ourselves a nation, as a country, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we will not stand. And somebody gave some statistics this morning 30% and 50%. We passed that long time and we are still willing to sit here and be divided. It's mm-hmm. not the people that come here on the plane. They might have come here with a strategy, they might have come here with a goal in mind, they might have come here with talking points and, 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 and a work up as to how to get it done. But we allow them to succeed. And that's my last piece for the day. All right. I can't find a speaker on my phone, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Bye. All right, good people. Um, some very, very interesting uh, commentary this morning. Thank you guys very, very much. Good morning, Miss Darlene. She says, United we stand, divided we fall. And it's most unfortunate when we are divided from within, like I said. Real deal says typical people. They lack the sense to understand the importance of society functioning in a proper and civilized manner. Having someone spitting in a store isn't only gross, it's uncivilized. It's a lot of things, but definitely gross and uncivilized. And um, the audacity of someone to do that is insulting. One of the worst things you can do, folks, is to spit at someone. That, that is an insult. And I, I think every single country in the world, there's nobody who takes spitting as something that's nice. Every single country, and in some countries, ought to get your head chopped off. It's considered so offensive. So um, it, it's insulting, and it says a lot. And then get ta- hand take a note, talk about give give them effing money. They would have gotten money, all right. Wouldn't have been the kind of money they're looking for. Um, but yeah, you know, it has to be reined in. And again, everybody's tiptoeing around the issue. Because we don't want to be labeled as xenophobic and this and that. It's not xenophobic to say anybody who comes to your country and disrespects your country, whether it's begging on the streets, working illegally, selling numbers, whatever. I saw Jonathan made a comment. Oh, well, what's the problem? We need to legalize gambling. Listen, until and if that happens, which Jonathan says he can't wait for the referendum, we might all be surprised at the outcome of the referendum. But until and if that happens... It is illegal and unlawful in this country for you to be selling numbers. And you're missing the point. It's not about the selling of the numbers. 
It's about an expat coming to your country, having the audacity to work. Get one person, look at how, how they're scamming the system, get one person to take out a work permit for them, working for somebody else, and then get turned around and have a side illegal hustle. That's the disrespect for your laws, Jonathan. And only a fool would sit here and argue with me about, oh, I don't care about the gambling, that's okay. That isn't even the point. If she was gauging in any illegal activity, prostitution, whatever, you cannot justify the behavior. It is illegal. And until the day it becomes lawful for people to sell numbers in this country, and I assure you that's not how it will be lawfully done, you still should not allow those people to come into your jurisdiction and disrespect you by disobeying your laws. This is part of the problem right now. We are putting up with too much slackness and we try to justify it. You understand? Enough is enough. Speaking of slackness, let me make a phone call this morning. Now y'all know that when I have to get on the phone and make a phone call, we got a problem. And I am sick and tired of people taking advantage of other people. I'm not even gonna tell y'all the story because I know half the time they be listening. And then they don't want to answer the phone when they when they hear me calling them. So let's see. Because I tell you what, y'all need to shape up. Let's call this one this morning. Y'all gonna soon find out why I call now if she answers the phone. Hello, this is Claudette. Please leave me a personal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm on the phone this morning. Don't worry. I'll come in for you. These people, I tell you, there's something else. They are something else. Always scamming people. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have her saved in my phone. This is interesting. Can someone please inform Ms. Claudette Webb that I need to speak to her this morning about this money that she owes this gentleman? And I'm going to give you guys the backstory now. Seems I have Ms. Claudette saved in my phone. What a shame. Here's the story, folks. Hi, Ms. Sandra. First of all, I want to t- want to congratulate you and the great work that you're always doing to inform the public about everything that goes on in the world and mainly in the Cayman Islands. I always follow your page. As an expat working here in the Cayman Islands with my girlfriend, we had a situation with a lady by the name of Claudette Webb. She had a place advertising for rent and we got in touch with her in regards 
um, to the place and she told us the place was available and that she will rent it to us. The down payment for the place was $1,300 plus $1,300 deposit. Since at the moment we did um, still have a place to live, we told her that the place was being viewed by, uh, what's she say? We, someplace, she told us that the place was being viewed. Uh-huh. Let me see who this one is. I know. Good morning. Hi, good morning, Miss Sandra. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Sorry, good, thanks. I hope I don't disturb you on your live. Yes, I'm live. Yes, I'm live. All right. It's a different matter I want to talk to you about. So what time can I call you back? After the show. Probably like maybe 1030 or so. Thank you. No problem. All right, dear. All right. That one don't want to go in here, honey child. So this goes on. Um, she told us that the place was being viewed by several people and that if we wanted to secure the place, we'd have to give the deposit. My girlfriend went ahead and gave her $1,100 CI to hold the place. When the time was near to move, Miss Webb still had tenants in her place and did just got her month rent from them. We asked her about the situation and she said she still have it rent out. So we told her that we wanted her money back. And at that moment, she told us that she already used $1,100 and all we need to do is to wait until she gets it back. Y'all crazy, right? Let me continue reading. We went and took the matter to the police hands. Where, where, is, where is my wonk, wonk, wonk button? Because they're not going to help you. I don't think I have that one. I need to add it. Because that's a big wonk, wonk, wonk. No luck there. Um, so we went and took the matter to the police hands. And she acknowledged that she got the money and used it. So she was going to pay it back in two payments. She gave us $500 the first payment. And since that, we have not gotten anything else. Now she's been offensive and disrespectful. And she told us that she will get a lawyer to sue us because we are harassing her. And that she don't need to pay us back any money. Wow. Miss Claudette, come again. I was. I really want to know what is your view on this, or what do you think? Is it best for us to do in regards to getting back the six hundred dollars CI that's due to us? I was planning on asking you to post it on Mall Road because I have seen um, you help a lot of people with situations like this. Please let us know what you think is best to do. Have a wonderful day, and we'll be waiting on your reply. So he has sent all of his receipts the re res residential lease contract, everything I have here, right? And um, I'm disappointed once again to hear that Ms. Claudette apparently is a school teacher. And this is the kind of behavior that people are going on with, whether you're a school teacher or not. But let me be very clear. When you're in certain positions that are supposed to be respectable positions, positions where you should be setting an example for your students, I do not expect you to be engaging in this kind of nonsense. If someone gives you money as a deposit for anything, whether it's an apartment, the purchasing of a car, meow, 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 it don't really matter what it is, and you're not able to fulfill the terms of the agreement, you're supposed to give them their money back and not give it to them in portions they didn't pay it to you in portions so you must pay it back as you got it you see 
Y'all have no financial management sense whatsoever. And you turn around and you are taking people's money and you are spending it when you should not even be spending a deposit. What are you spending people deposit money for? This is wrong on all levels. Good morning, caller. Morning, Sandra. Hello. Um, yeah, as I um already on a topic speaking about um money that um somebody owes somebody. Mm -hmm. Yes, I uh I have a concern that which I want you to um a follow-up. I want I want your help in following up. Mm -hmm. Run car 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 cardoza. Cardoza. Uh -huh. cardoza the guy that um I ship down stuff. Yes, yes, and he said that he was going to compensate me back mm -hmm. for my stuff. Then, until now, I, I can't get any but money. You know, you know, and what, I told, you know uh, what I told you about Rohan already, right? Uh huh. You're going to have to take Rohan to court and sue him. His word uh -huh. is as good as well, nothing. It's valueless, right? Mm -hmm. He is not going to do anything about it first of all he owes too many people money uh -huh. well you know, he, um he, don't have it. he was busy having big time wedding to impress the woman the wife uh -huh. so in order for you you're gonna have to first get a judgment against him and then try to find out he has other businesses if he's making money what you can do about him unfortunately yeah. he will not do anything on his own it's it's really sad, okay. and it doesn't even make any yeah. sense to me to call Rohan any further mm -hmm. because I'm telling mm -hmm. you he will be doing zero. Okay, yeah. Well, well, I I, I will take up the the, the request. So mm -hmm. I would only send out an appeal that persons who have shipped down goods with him and having the same problem and can reach out you. to you for my yes. There's a lot of us and and reach out to you for my contact information and all of, all of us can come together, pull together and bring this man down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because we need to get our money. Yeah, you're, you're gonna. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna definitely yeah. have to, um, you know, have to yeah. deal with him. Um, and unfortunately, yeah. he's not going to pay it back. Mm -hmm. very, very all right sad. thank you very much for, you're yeah. most welcome thank you dear. for yes ma'am yes. okay have a bless you know sometimes i have to tell you all the cold hard truth and as it relates mm -hmm. to this this rohan man the cold hard truth is he don't have no intentions of paying nobody back you're going to have to no it doesn't court. look so no none at all you're going to have to take everybody yeah some people in, in not answering them calling just um speak to them pan like pan a one time one and thing and then um when you try to call him but no you have all sort of balloon excuse mm -hmm. excuse excuse mm -hmm. giving yeah yeah but he he's responsible <sighs> because he is the one who didn't have the funds to um clear the container and to move it in jamaica and he allowed it to sit there exactly until the jamaican exactly. officials confiscated it yeah, because guess what? After he already collected the money from people to ship home them goods, because I already paid him, mm -hmm. and everybody gave him the money, mm -hmm. and um, he got the money that he's supposed to get to pay to use to help clear the container and stuff. So he take it and go to some small island, go do a big wedding. Mm -hmm. 
not taking any losses. I'm not taking any losses. Yes, and I can't. I cannot blame you. I get quarantine shot. I not take no losses. Yeah, I'm on ruin. I can't blame you. Understand? And me and and me alone. Yeah. A lot of us is a lot of us. Today for me and tomorrow for you. That's right. So if you're enjoying life, I can't blame you one bit. Um, WhatsApp me and I'll send you the um, summary court. Um, there's a little packet that shows you how to proceed through the summary court with a lawsuit. That's yeah. what you must do. Take his behind to court and deal with him. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Okay. Love. Thank you very much. Have a blessed day. You too. Bye. All right, folks. So, you know, you have to try to do right by people. Like I said, these, um, you know, situations continue to happen. And one of these days, somebody's going to have enough and somebody going to take matters into their own hands. Before we get to that point, because when you go to the police, they have no help to you. So before we get to that point, we're trying to say here on this platform, we will do our best to try to um, mediate these situations where you can get your money. Okay. So look here now. Um, let me try to bring up some of these messages with Miss Claudette. We have the receipts. We have everything. Okay. Miss Claudette. Please do the right thing. This person has all of the, here's the, the lease agreement, residential lease. There's your signature on it. There's the date. Here are conversations between you and them where they were saying, you know, we, we paid you the deposit. Okay. Now she claiming Frank um, planning has told me that I, that I cannot rent the place until they come in and do an inspection. So sounds like she wasn't even following the planning laws. Madam, that is your business. How are you going to put up a place for rent and don't have proper planning approval? That is not an excuse as to why this man cannot get his, him and his girlfriend cannot get $1,100 back. $1,100 is a lot of money. That is hard earned money. That is no joke. Right? You have to have some conscience about yourself. Do not put people in these types of situations. And you're a big woman born in 1962. You're no spring chicken. This kind of behavior, you should respect people more than this at your tender age of how old she is. Whatever. Right? Come on now. Do better than this, because this is not acceptable. 61 years old? No, 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 TD. And to think that these people have given you the opportunity to pay it back in two installments, that wouldn't have been me, honey child. You would have had to find my $1,100 one lick the same way I found it and gave it to you to secure an apartment that you really didn't even have for rent. Right? And look at how long they've been chasing this woman. These messages date back over the summer. That one here is from September, November. You see all the messages. Yeah. Do not put people in a position where they are having to go without their hard earned money because you are just a dishonest person. I'm sorry, but you have to be willing to call a spade a spade. They have the receipt where your signature on it right? Where they paid you back and it looks like it was October. 
No, that's when she paid the first $500. It says balance $600. And now she's telling them she's not going to pay them back no more money. And this and that. She's going to call her lawyers. Call all the lawyers in the Cayman Islands. Call every single one of them. And any of them that are half decent, which there's a few, will tell you, Madam, do not waste your money with us. You are in the wrong. The lease was signed um, September the 28th. That was the, the date of the lease agreement. Money was handed over. She got the $1,100 from the people. And you took their money and spent it on God knows what. That is not their problem. Yeah. You need to pay back the money. So you're balanced $600 and now you're talking about, oh, you're going to get a lawyer because you don't owe them no money. You must be joking. And she's a school teacher. Anybody know who the hell this school teacher is? Jonathan says, see, now that is a criminal act, theft by deception. Well, it's all criminal act if it's against the law. But the police can tell you they can't help you. Nothing they can do. It's a civil matter because they don't want the work. They're like, oh, we're busy over here chasing Sandy, trying to put her in court for criminal, um, for civil matter. And we won't call it criminal. They're too busy doing other stuff. So unfortunately, no, they can't help you. Wasting people time. Claudette, find the the $600, my apologies, and pay the people back this week. I'm asking you to please do yourself the favor. They sent a picture of Claudette. The funny thing is the picture is so fuzzy, you can't even make her out. And then the, the, the funniest thing about the photo is she's holding a sign that says hashtag hot mess. Well, it's a hot mess, all right. The hot mess, madam, is the fact that at the age of 62, you own these people $600 and can't find their money. That is where the hot mess lies. Don't embarrass yourself like this. This is ridiculous. What did you do with the people $1,100? I don't know. But I'm going to tell you all again, when you get a deposit, you are not supposed to spend deposit money. That is not what it's for. Because when the people get up and want to leave, you must have their money ready with no excuses. You put it in a separate bank account. Yes. On a fixed deposit or something. Hide it under the mattress as long as it don't get stolen. I don't care where you put it, but put it somewhere where it will not be touched you don't touch it and when they when they want to leave or you want to get rid of them whatever you have the people or you can't even give them the apartment that you signed the lease for for whatever reason it matters not just have the people deposit back and say i'm sorry for the confusion and the mix-up i don't have a place to rent you but here's your deposit back simple as that oh lord um alexa Stop. I'm not even talking to her. What is she doing? Shall she be trying to give me information when I'm not even asking? So Jonathan says, when is the premiere comeback? I got a few questions and points to make. <laughs> um, Jonathan, I will screenshot this and I will send this to him as we have been doing because apparently y'all miss him. There's been quite a few people who've been asking 
for when he's coming back. And all I can do is send it to him and said, sir, we await your return. I'm going to do that right now, sir. We await your return to the cold hard truth. Mm -hmm. To premier access. Because y'all, y'all want access to your premier. And I, I can't say that I can blame you. So I've sent it to him. I know he got a couple from me last week. And so that's what I can do. All right. So listen here now. Um, Miss Olive says, I'm listening. Miss Darlene says, Sandy, maybe they're too busy messing with your nerves. Well, I know now my nerves are going to have a problem. Good morning, Amanda says, I want to know when will work be paying people the refunds for almost two years? Refunds for what, honey child? Do tell me and I will ask them too. I'm going to get on them right now. What, what, what refund would take two years to process? Not even government should be that slow. And I tell you, they are slow with some of them are slow when it comes to refunds. So you put in for work permits that you canceled early or what? Um, all right, let me send this to Mr. Franz Manderson because this is now his world-class civil service that y'all are inquiring about. And um, I don't know. Listen, this is the 21st century. We now live in 2023. There is zero reason why a refund of any sort should be taken two years, Amanda. <laughs> what? That's the equivalent of what this woman doing. Oh, we'll take our sweet time paying you back your money. Where is my money? What's up, me, Amanda? And I'll, I'll, yes, this person confirms that deposits are to be held in escrow, not spent. I'm telling you, these jacked up landlords, fly by night operations, they don't even know what the word escrow means. Don't touch people's deposit money. Miss Sue says, too many landlords are doing this and getting away with it. So sad, really, to the people who owed a lot of money. Well, we're going to start calling them out left, right, and center now. Enough is enough. All right, so let's talk about the Compass a little bit, and then we're going to wrap up the show this morning. So the Compass made this announcement yesterday that, um, let me find it, that apparently they um, are shutting down their print shop. Eh, am I surprised? No. That's no shock to me. The Compass has been having a rather difficult time for years now. The writing is on the wall. The next announcement we'll hear is that um, they're shutting down the compass and nobody should really be surprised. It's not going to be any earth shattering situation, although they make a lot of money. Um, I suspect that what they make probably, you know, isn't comparable to what they're actually spending. Mm -hmm. So as is any business, you're in the business to make money. Let me just see where their announcement, where their grand announcement went. Oh, Lord, where is it? And so I fully understand um, the situation. And we have been really the only ones who've been reporting on it consistently for years now. The, the writing is on the wall and the compass is in a bit of financial trouble. Now, when Mr. Bergstrom bought it, so the current owner is, um, what's his first name? James Bergstrom, he's an attorney at law. Partner at, uh, what's the name of his law firm now? Partner at, um, Hmm. One of those law firms, I can't remember. Con is it Conyers? One of those up came out of me. I can't remember which one. Anyway, well-respected attorney at law and all that good stuff. And so I'm not really sure 
why he got into this business. Um, I have my suspicions that Mr. Bergstrom is a businessman. And really what he was looking at with the compass, it's not about wanting a newspaper or controlling the narrative in this country, as some of you have said. They're like, oh, if you own a newspaper, you rule the world. And I'm like, yeah, not really. Um, I think really for him, the land that the compass sits on, prime real estate off of Shedden Road, is worth a pretty penny. Think about it now. Sometimes you acquire a business for the assets of the business. Yeah. Not that the business itself is going to be profitable or it's going to make any kind of money and meow, 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 whatever. You just want the piece of land, the building, because that can even bring you rentals. And I think government is actually a client mm -hmm. renting in there. Well, they used to be. I don't know if they still have a lease. I was surprised to find that out just a couple of years ago when I was doing some research for um, a story. The, the government of the Cayman Islands is a, as a client of the Compass, <laughs> not just for advertising, but they actually lease. They're a rental tenant. They lease space. The Compass has property that they own and government leases space from them. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not cheap either. You see how we're all entangled and tangled up and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you. So anyway, um, they've been going through this transitional stage. Like I said, I don't think the compass was profitable when he bought it. I don't know what due diligence he made, if he made any or not. I don't really know those facts, right? What I know is the writing has been on the wall for compass, about the compass for a minute. We have seen, for example... Remember when they got rid of the street vendors? We reported on that. After we reported on it, they got a little bit of heat because all the street vendors were Caymanian workers. They brought the street vendors back. And then they're like, okay, we'll let you guys continue to sell your paper and then whatever you make, we'll just let you keep it. Then they didn't last very long. The street vendors disappeared. Y'all notice they're gone. Mm -hmm. Then they let go some really senior people like Miss... Um, Karen um, Ryan, Karen, I think is how she pronounced it. Karen Ryan, Karen Ryan, Miss um, Julie They let go people who were bona fide, long-serving Caymanians who had been there for donkey years. And when I say donkey years, I mean 40 plus years. I think that's the only job Miss Karen Ryan has ever had. And she was working for the print company now that they shut down. I think she's one of the typesetters or whatever. Yeah? Didn't give her a proper farewell. Didn't do it with any degree of dignity. Nothing. Oh, you're at the door. You're gone. See you later. Thanks for giving us 45 years of your life. Goodbye. They don't even know how to fire people to be. Praise honest. the Lord. Oh, I didn't actually mean to press that button. But anyway. So I thought it peculiar that you would get rid of all the senior Caymanian staff, but you then go and acquire, acquire Hurley's media after going around telling people that you don't have no money. Journalism is struggling, which it is, and it's been struggling all over the world for a really long time. They're late to the game, right? And you need, you need people to give you donations. So they're begging for donations. I don't think they got too many because that didn't work. Then they put up a paywall, but... In the interim, with all of this, 
They turn around, some a company that's claiming, oh, downturn, we can't print every day now, COVID hit us hard, we can only print once a week, all these excuses, where are you finding money from to buy four radio stations from Hurley's Media? I'm just saying, if you're having financial difficulties, explain to me how you're making acquisitions. Normally, when you're having financial difficulties, folks, you don't spend more money. You hold your position and see what happens. But no, they fired the commanding staff, hired, uh, took on Hurley's media, which is good for Randy. At least he got to offload that, right? First thing they do is fire another commanding, Woody, <laughs> off the talk show. Uh-huh. And then with the acquisition of that, they're taking over Cayman 27 staff. And some of them are not Caymanians. Some of them couldn't even remotely sound like a Caymanian if they broke their, their big toe trying. Hmm. I mean, if you're going to make redundancies, normally it's first in. Last, last in, first out. Not your people who've been with you holding down the fort for 45 years. So I don't understand their hiring and firing mechanisms. I don't really understand it, except it probably just comes down to money and they don't care. Yes. So it's, a, it's to their benefit to get rid of the long-serving people because maybe they're making a half-decent salary. But then again, that don't even make any sense. Because remember when they brought in the publisher, Kathleen Capetti? Yeah? They end up firing her, essentially. They, they told her, if you can't turn this paper around, which not even her could help them, um, your neck is going to be on the chopping block. And they started advertising her work permit. So when they advertised her work permit, this is back in September of 2021. Well, actually, in May of 2021, they told her, you turn it around or you're out the door. You all remember now, we've been covering this story for a minute. And there's only so much she could do. I know she was like, honey, I'm not a miracle worker. I don't know what y'all expect from me. But there she is, Compass Media looking for a publisher with 15 years experience. And they're paying them $145,000 up to $160,000 per annum. Well, she wasn't able to turn it around. And ironically, they never did hire a publisher. Because remember, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to. We're going to hire Caymanian, they claim. So they claimed, and that never happened. No Caymanian got hired. We don't know nothing about it. The position was never filled. What I understand that they actually did was they now have, instead of having a single publisher who's heading up everything, they have a team of people who are helping to make decisions. Then they got rid of editor-in-chief. Kevin Morales, at that point, I think he might have already had PR or whatever. Um, so they fired him because he was making $100,000 a year. So they have a lot of top heavy people in terms of salary that they've been paying money to, believe it or not. Right? So they make money. There's no, there's no doubt about it. They get government contracts left, right, and center. I told you all, one government agency through an FOI, we found out last year, not last year, but the year before, spent over $100,000 in just job adverts with the Compass. If you sat there and thought about how many agencies and departments there are with government, we've FOI the whole thing, so we're trying to get an idea. Millions of dollars is being spent on the Compass 
your money, government money. And the first thing they do is fire long-serving Caymanians. They get a lot of advertising, although nobody's reading the paper, because they have a legacy of, oh, we've been around for 45 years. People are like, okay, we'll advertise with you. We'll get the, the front page banner. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And these companies are not thinking about value for money. Because you tell me when was the last time you picked up a Compass newspaper? You tell me how many of you have paid for the paywall so that you can go online and even read the Compass. Y'all read the headlines and you assume you know what it's about. And that's it. Because you're not willing to pay for their paywall to read them. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, some of y'all are so salty and so funny. You'll send me, oh, I see the Compass has up this article, Miss Sandy. Can you find out what it's about and put it on Mall Road? <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys are something else. Yeah, because you're not willing to pay for it. And, and you're hardly reading it, even if it was free. But because of who they are, we're the compass. No longer the Caymanian compass, just the Cayman compass, right? They still have a lot of advertising revenue. Job ads, which I'm still very, very interested in. A lot of people pay job ads on the compass. And it's like, why? Nobody's seeing your job ads. Are you purposely not wanting anybody to see it? And that they actually make a lot of money off of the job ads. And then they have display ads, which adds even more. And they've got other things. Now they've got the radio stations. So they're trying to pedal or listen to our radio stations. We'll put ads on there, blah, blah, blah. So to hear that the Compass is saying, um, ooh, our commercial print business is not profitable. Nobody should be shocked or surprised by this. This isn't news to anyone. If you've been half paying attention, you would know that the writing has been on the wall for the Compass for the past 10 years, but they are taking their sweet time to admit it. So they say that the Compass print will cease business on April the 30th. Clients are going to have to be, they say they're going to assist them in finding alternative services. So they'll you know, push them onto somebody else, I guess. The printing business outside of newspapers just isn't profitable on a smaller scale. And trust me, what we do here is considered a relatively small scale. Let me give you another story that a lot of you will not know anything about. And so this might be a bit of news to you. Mr. Tomlinson, um, Tomlinson? Yes, from Chrissy Tomlinson, formerly of Chrissy Tomlinson, Dr. T. Remember when he had that newspaper called... Oh, Lord, what was it called again? Cayman. Oh, gosh, help me out here. Who, who can guess? I'll give you all a scratch-off certificate from Burger King. What was the name of the paper that Dr. T had? Mm -mm, something. And I'm going to tell you the history of what happened with that here in a second. Any, any takers? Anybody? Can you remember? Call me if you can. Um. So anyway, somebody will soon tell me. That newspaper, um, you know, come backwards over there. Let's see. I got somebody. Anyway, that newspaper um, came, no, that's not Caymanian Times, not Net News. Net News was Desmond. Cayman Times is, um, what's his name? Uh, 
Um, K-Man Times is, oh Lord, what's his name? I'm surprised he's still he's still printing because he, I mean, but he doesn't print a whole lot, but K-Manion Times, he's he's on the out too. Um oh gosh, I cannot remember the name. K-Manion Times, no. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. The report, was it the reporter? So yes, Lewis is over at Caymanian Times. Was it the reporter? Uh, no, it's not Caymanian Times. Caymanian Times is um, Ralph Lewis. I think it might be the reporter, you know. Cayman Reporter. Yes, thank you. Y'all coming out the woodworks. Yes, Cayman Reporter. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Cayman Reporter. So um, Mr. Tomlinson acquired or set up Cayman Reporter. I can't remember. I don't think anybody had it before. But anyway, Uh so I'll tell you what happened to Cayman Reporter. It's quite an interesting story, actually. So he had some expat, a Canadian, no less, convince him to go buy a printing press. Now, he had money to spare because he had just sold Chrisley Tomlinson. They're doing a payment plan. So he had gotten some of his money sitting on millions of dollars. And sometimes when you get millions of dollars, you, you're like, oh, I got a good business idea. He don't know nothing about the printing business, but this little Canadian fellow over here wanted to secure himself in a job. So he's like, oh, Dr. T, you got money to spare? Buy a printing press and compete with the compass and da-da-da-da. So he went and spent one pile of money. I mean, I hear it's so much money, it could probably help me pay off my mortgage right here. No, he went and spent all kind of money. Brought it here and it has never even been used. <laughs> How about them apples? Mm-hmm. Waste of money. Printing presses on this island is a waste of money, resources, of time. Remember yesterday I was telling y'all you need to do your research when you want to get into business? He should have researched that other than listening to this little expat trying to secure a job for himself in the Cayman mm -hmm. Islands. He would have never wasted his money buying that printing press. It's just a failing business these days, Yeah. Even bigger printing companies in the U.S., especially when it comes to newspaper printing, have had to shut down. There's no money in it. You're wasting paper in this digital age. That's not how people want their news delivered, to be honest. That's gone with the dinosaurs now. Now, what happened over at Cayman Reporter is Ralph went over there to get a job. Remember, he was there for a minute. And the next thing you know, you heard that Ralph was taking over Cayman Reporter. Well, what actually happened, and I get this from my inside sources that were there at the time, Ralph went in, saw how they did things, grabbed the database of clients, mm -hmm. a little poaching, and he was going to go do his own thing and expand Cayman Reporter. And you know what? At the end of the day, Dr. T was like, yeah, I don't really care about Cayman Reporter that much. This isn't for me. You go ahead and take it over. Gave them the retail space. At least Dr. T's, I think Dr. T's family owns that building where Ralph and Caymanian Times is. So yeah, I'll get a little bit of rent out of you for, for a minute, whatever. You take it over, give me a little minimal amount of money and whatever. And you saw what he did with Cayman Reporter. He simply shut it down. Nothing ever happened with Cayman Reporter. Remember he had made some, some statement like, oh yeah, we're gonna take it over, blah, 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 blah. Nothing has ever happened with Cayman Reporter. The, web, the social media page is still there. There's not been a single post since October the 25th of 2019. Shut it down. Went defunct. 
So that was the end of that. Um, so uh, someone is clarifying the history of it. Thank you, because I, I couldn't quite remember all of it. They said that um, from 2015 to 2016, Cayman Reporter, the publisher was Dion Ebanks, and then Dr. Tomlinson took it over shortly before, um, I guess, 2016. Uh, yes. And then Ralph went in to try and help save him, and he was really just there to save himself and to prop up Cayman in times even more. So the arrangement was, yeah, go ahead and take Cayman Reporter, and he basically, um, I guess, has the rights to it, but hasn't done anything with it. And so that was the end of that as well. It, the one thing I will say is when these newspapers, or even Cayman 27, goes defunct, it's unfortunate because what ends up happening is um, you lose the archiving of all of these stories. So Cayman Reporter ends publication uh, September the 28th of 2017. Now, we had just come on the scene, CMR had just come on the scene uh, in July of 2017. So a few months after we came on the scene, then Cayman Reporter was kaputz. And they were done for. The most interesting thing is y'all blaming CMR for everything. So you're like, gosh, CMR, you killing, you kill Cayman 27. You killed the Cayman reporter. Now you kill the compass. Cayman News Service, you know, Wendy's is hanging on. Um, but she's kind of in retirement mode. But, you know, what, what's, what's going to happen to that? I think the, the archives of the stories are so important that there has to be some sort of acquisition of the archives. Cayman 27 had a lot of good stories over all those years. And it's unfortunate. Some of it was lost because when Randy took it over, there was some dispute between Randy and a guy there. The guy, the guy claimed that Randy wasn't paying him and he was in charge of the web stuff. So he took the original, remember when, when Cayman 27 changed their website, he took the original Cayman 27 website and would not give it back to Randy because he said Randy owed him money. And so there's all this content and all this archiving of stuff that has essentially disappeared. So Desmond Seals had Cayman News Service. No, Cayman News Service is what's still here. That's Wendy. God, the names are so close. Cayman News Service is Wendy. Cayman Net News was Desmond. And Desmond did his thing until he passed away. And then when Desmond passed away, you know, that was kind of it. Is there any version of Net News still around? I know for a minute, I think his ex-wife or his wife or whatever tried to keep it going. But again, you know, the, the news business isn't profitable like y'all think. And um, he was actually in debt because I remember some of his business partners at the time of his passing were like, oh, you know, we're going to ever get our money back. And the short answer is no. You're not going to get your money back. So even in the space of media, so I think there is no Cayman Net News anymore. I was just having a quick look. Not even the web, the website's gone. It's sad because, you know, they had some good stories and stuff. Somebody should have kept the archiving. And maybe this is where National Archives, as these companies go defunct, they should approach them about, okay, can we at least get your archive stories, the digital archive stories? Because now all the thousands of articles that would have been in Cayman Net News are gone. 
What's the future for the compass? None of us knows the future. If I had a glass, uh, what, what do you call them? Glass bowl, not a bowl, a glass globe, whatever the little thing is that those people who claim they have psychic powers looks into. I think the writing is on the wall for the compass. Just generally speaking, this would be my, and I'm trying to put my goat mat on them, but my prediction is they haven't been able to figure it out. The, the glass ball, thank you. Even in the digital age, although they're digital and they're spending all crystal ball, that's what I'm really looking for. Um, you know, they, they have it there. They're investing in this and whatever. And they, they got reporters out there. I think they haven't been able to figure it out. Even their reporters, they, you know, the reporters have to buy their own batteries for stuff. They have to have their own equipment. So like I said, they acquired people from, from Cayman 27 who already had some camera equipment and whatever that stuff. They're still trying to use it. You know, they're trying, but I'm not quite sure that they figured out how to keep the people generally happy in the Cayman Islands, right? During the election, their coverage was a big flop. Like literally I was sitting there watching and, you know, I like to people watch. I watched and, and make observations. I would be watching um, Elvis, right? We were live streaming Elvis on CMR. Say Elvis had 250 people watching. Uh, the only people that was doing business really with the compass was the progressives. So the progressive live stream in a meeting, maybe 75 people watching. And I'm thinking, I'm in an alternative universe right now where Elvis and Cayman Brack has more people watching him than the entire progressives together, because they only had two meetings, um, standing up on a platform. Well, it also said a lot about the progressives, but it said more about the reach of the compass. They couldn't keep up during the election. Nobody wasn't watching them. Nobody wasn't paying attention to them. They didn't have the latest news. They didn't have the candidates talking to the people. You know, their talk show was already on the decline because they made a really bad judgment call, a bad corporate decision of getting rid of Woody. Now, whether you liked Woody or not, he came with controversy and just like me, people love you, people like you, and some people don't like you. That's okay. I don't understand the business decision of why they got rid of Woody, to be honest. Because he was controversial, but he was steadfast. He was a regular fixture in the lives of a lot of people. The same people that you're trying to reach during an election cycle, they get rid of him the December before election year. And then, you know, bless her little heart, Barry Sue came in. Barry Sue, like, and I really won't even want to do this. This is my brother. So that's how I'm going to help him out while he tries to find somebody else. And they just couldn't find the right fit. Talk shows are intrinsically personality driven. And it's not easy to do a talk show. I saw somebody, I can't remember who it was, like, oh, when you go on vacation, bring on somebody who can do the talk show for you. Lord Jesus, y'all don't even know what you're asking. It's probably easier for me just to take the time off. It is difficult at best. It's not for everybody. And not everybody clicks with audiences either. And it doesn't mean that they're not smart. It doesn't mean that they don't have good ideas or they can't talk or whatever. But look at how many people call in the show. And every single time they call in, you're like, oh, Sandy, 
For God's sake, hurry up and get them off the call, off the line. I don't want to hear them no more. And these are intelligent Caymanians who have a lot to contribute. You're just like, nah, I'm not feeling them. It is a very difficult thing to do. So, you know, Chandra, Chandra, nice young lady and everything, but she bored you to death. You know, every day, the topics that she was choosing to talk about, it was like a yawn fest, like, oh my God, how many NPOs? And listen, I love to support NPOs and we need to give them their, their opportunity to come on and tell what they do. But I mean, every single show can't be an NPO. Y'all don't want to hear that. Dog walking all day long, you're like, oh God, Sandy, no. Some days you want the sauce, you want it mixed up. Some days you're in the mood for politics. That's the variety of what you have to be willing to bring to the table. Anyway, good luck to the compass. Um, more jobs, unfortunately, will be lost. And more Caymanians will be lost. Strong Will says, morning, Sandy. I had a family member being there for 15 years. And they got rid of him so sad. Strong Will says, good morning, Sandy. The compass got rid of... Um, the Caymanians and kept all foreigners, white people, no discrimination. I know that as a fact. Mm, mm, mm. Well, it's unfortunate because I think that's the perception, even if it's not true in every single case, because they kept people like Rajma. Obviously, Rajma is a um, Caribbean woman. She's from Trinidad. But, you know, poor Rajma. Um, I like Rajma on a personal level. But again, she does not appear to... Um, to click with the Caymanian people. And that became obvious during COVID. Oh my God. It was like during COVID, I got to admit, sometimes she would ask a question and I would just be like holding my head down. Like what the hell? And she's like, I'm just asking because the people are asking, look, can I walk my dog two feet outside of my fence? And even Alden was like, oh, girl, you again. You know, you guys never, there was never, I don't know. Like she does her talk show and literally there are two people watching her live talk show. Like I feel bad for her. And the compass has, has for whatever reason, held on to her talk show. So one Caymanian say to me, why are they firing all the Caymanians, but yet they can keep her and nobody's even watching rush hour. I kind of agree with you. Someone's asking what happened to Tammy. Um, Sol Tammy Solomon. Um, Tammy was actually with DART, Suleiman, my apologies. She was with the DART organization. She went to corporate, um, Cayman, uh, partly because of her daughter, you know, the, the whole, um, Cayman 27 thing, irregular hours, working long hours at night, whatever. So she decided to do more of a nine to five with her daughter. She went to DART. And I know that she was with DART for a number of years. And it was only recently that I actually found out that she's no longer with DART. So I don't know where she is now, actually. I'll have to make some inquiries. Because when I heard she was no longer at DART, I was like, oh, she's not. Um, but I didn't really ask too many questions beyond that. So I don't, I don't really know what it is that she's doing now, but she was doing like corporate communications, PR stuff over with the DART organization. Darlene says, don't pressure a deputy governor too much because maybe our deputy governor have to stay in a comfort zone because maybe he needs to, or will soon retire. <laughs> well, y'all know the talk on the street about our deputy governor, right? 
I like France, but everybody's like, oh, there's a but coming. But um, uh, good, good. I'm going to send this. Um, sorry, good look is asking about the Minister of Tourism. Let me send this to him. Because, um, you know, you know, Kenneth. Kenneth will come on now. Don't don't even challenge Kenneth. <laughs> Kenneth just got to decide which shows he wants to come on because that last one with the port wasn't really all that hot for him. But anyway, um, so Darlene, already there's a lot of rumors afoot about the next election. The deputy governor's name is in the mix. Now I've spoken to the deputy governor. He says Sandy. I've not spoken to anybody about this. I don't have any intentions of running. Not that you could never say never, but he has not discussed it with his family. But his name in well-placed political circles, his name is circulating that um, he might be looking at a political career. Hmm. Interesting, I say. Very, very interesting. Yes? Um... Let's see. Strong Will says, yes, uh, we read that one. Uh, Sandra says, status Caymanians just love the money they can earn, but truly hate indigenous Caymanians. Now, that's not always true, Sandra. There's a lot of expats that respect us and love us. Some don't. So let's not paint them all with the same broad brush. Let's speak to the ones who do not. And unfortunately, there's more than enough of them to go around. Jonathan says $150,000 a year. Wow, I need a job there. Only if you're a Caymanian. I mean, only if you're not Caymanian. Well, you probably get a job at the Compass right now. I'm just saying, that ain't gonna happen. Um, and to be fair to Kathleen, that um, job, you know, I'm not saying... Uh, I'm not saying she was underpaid. I'm not saying she was overpaid. As a publisher, you know, there's a lot of work involved in that. So they might have thought at some point that they were getting value for money. But part of value for money is trying to deliver on the finances and to make sure that the compass remains relevant. One of the things that she did, so you know how the compass went from being the longer full page paper, whatever, to like this kind of magazine size. She was the one who said that that was a trend and that was the direction that they should go in terms of how they, so it's like a smaller paper and they went up on the price. They made it smaller and went up on the price. That was her idea. And I don't think that that necessarily went over well either. So Sandra says 56,000 work permits, but so many came out and out of jobs after receiving status, they bring in people from their home country. Child, they don't even wait to receive status to do that. Mm -mm -mm. Um, yes, on Reporter, Stephanie, thank you, was the name of it. Okay, let me just see here. Um, Jonathan says, that's why I think they robbed Elvis, because he was by far the most popular candidate. Well, I think that uh, popularity didn't translate in terms of votes, because them Cayman Brackers are very funny people. So Elvis was trying to be hip with the no vote, no weed situation. People enjoy Elvis because he's entertaining. But let's be very, very clear. Most people, although they found Elvis entertaining, were not going to give him a vote. Because when you think about the fact that Elvis could become a minister 
and have to go abroad and represent us on an international platform, that's when most of you go, eh, pump the brakes on that situation. No, we better keep Julie with them skirts all the way down to her ankle. At least she'll be well-respected. And say whatever you want about Julie, uh, Juliana, Madam Juliana O'Connor Connolly. She is an intelligent woman. Despite her flip-flopping in the world of politics, there's no doubt that she's intelligent. She's well-spoken. She's been there long enough that she knows her thing or two about parliamentary procedure and all this kind of stuff. You know, um, she might be checked out in terms of working hard. I heard she wants to retire. I hope to God they all retire in the Cayman Brack because we need some new blood there. Strong will says, Sandy, my cousin was at the compass for 55 years? Who's your, who's your cousin? Was it Miss Jewel Levy? Because I know Miss Karen was there, I think, for at least 45 years. And then um, who was there for 50? That must have been the record. What a mess. So somebody just said that um, Tammy is working at a tech company on island doing PR for a tech company. Good for her. Uh, Anthony says, I think the majority of the occupants at Caymana Bay don't like locals. I bet if there was any Caymanians there, uh, they don't either. And I don't mean paper Caymanians. I don't know about that. I mean, there are Caymanian businesses there. Um, like Nikki has several stores there, NKY. Um, she has the shoe store and a few other things. Um, I think Nikki is, I know she's fond of me. I don't know about any other Caymanians. <laughs> but I don't, listen, I don't want us to make assumptions that people don't necessarily like us. Because a lot of times, that's more of an issue with us and in our head. So we have to be realistic. Now, if you can point to a specific situation where you said, listen, I've experienced this from this company or this individual that leads me to believe that they don't like me. But don't, don't just go around the world thinking that people don't like you just because you're a Caymanian. I'm saying, let's give people the benefit of the doubt to show us their colors and then we will discuss their behavior. Always bring it back to what they show you, the behavior. Because trust me, some of your own Caymanians don't like you either. Anthony, I keep telling you, the issue with us is what is eating us from within. That's the biggest issue. Uh, Julie, uh, Jared says, one thing about Juliana, she knows words. Yes, honey child, she's very eloquent. And she's not a person that ever needs to write out a speech. Child, she just speaks on the cuff. She, she is an attorney at law. And she's been a politician for donkey years now. Miss Debbie, you just joining us? Miss Sue said you're late to class. <laughs> she says, I know I was off and on. Um, oh, not the business, the residents. Oh, you mean people who live in the residential? Oh, I don't even know who they are. Um, but, you know, we need to have the discourse. We need to have the dialogue. Listen, a lot of expats listen to this show. They're not the ones who are in the comment section commenting and they're not the ones who are calling on the thing, right? But they always, when I run into them, they'd be like, oh my God, you're Miss Sandy. And I was like, yes, um, my name is so-and-so and I work at Ernst & Young and I'm from India. I'm from the UK. I'm from here, there, whatever, you know, because they, they're like, I really like your show because you just tell it like it is. Even them, the real genuine ones appreciate honesty. And I am a firm believer that the majority of people are not our problem. It's always the minority. Just like it's the minority of Caymanians, that 5%, the 10% that don't want to work, make us all look bad. 
We all get labeled with, okay, manians are lazy. Meanwhile, we're some of the hardest working people. Yeah. And I want to give our expat friends the exact same benefit. The vast majority of Jamaicans are good, hardworking people, but it only takes that 10 or 15 or maybe in their case, 20% to kind of mess up everything for everybody. And then you look at all Jamaican suspect. It's the same thing with every place in the world, every nationality. It's the minority that screws it up for everybody. So I don't ever want to encourage people to like try to paint people with this broad brush. In fact, I say give people the benefit of the doubt because it doesn't take long for people to show you their true colors and who they really, really are. And I'm the type of person that once you show me once, you ain't got to show me a second time, honey child. You understand? I'm not that crazy. You show me once and then I'm like, mm-hmm, I see you. I see who you really are and we have a problem. Strong will says, Sandy, you knock out OC talk show out of business. <laughs> you know, I even forgets about him. He's on three days a week, right? I forget he's over there. But the truth of the matter, Strong Will, is according to um, Tower Marketing, I knocked him out before I was even on radio, when I was just on social media. Everybody was tuned in and listening to the show there. And the numbers don't lie. You know, the numbers, you know, Facebook gives me analytics. It tells me. Um, YouTube right now, whenever he's on in the mornings, he might have 10 people watching and we have two, 300 people. Eh, it is what it is, but you know what? None of that is neither here nor there. It doesn't matter. It's really not a popularity contest. I'm here for you guys. I'm a Cayman in who's here every single day, putting my heart into this. Some days, yes, I'm a little bit crazy. I'm willing to admit that wearing it all on my sleeve. But, you know, ultimately it comes from a good place. It comes from a place of concern. I'm wanting to address issues in this community and in this country that impacts all of our lives. I have a daughter. She's only six years old. I would like her to have a future in this country. Mm -hmm. She has a Cayman passport. Right now, that's the only one she got. I'm trying to renew her UK passport. All right. She's not got no Jamaican passport, although she's half Jamaican. Okay. My husband has come to this country. Now he's been here. Uh, well, we've been together nine years and he's been here before that. Mm -hmm. By the way, his application is finally listed where it works after a year of them having that application. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. He has embraced um, as much of, you know, he's not going to eat turtle now. Don't be asking him about that. But he has embraced Cayman, I suppose, as much as he possibly could. Uh, he will always love his country. He is a Jamaican, first and foremost. But he understands, right? You married a Caymanian, certain things come at that. He knows to never ask me about moving to Jamaica. That's not going to happen, child. He has had property in Jamaica. His family has property, whatever. I'm like, well, honey, you, you better find somebody else to, to handle that and to pass that on to. Or you sell it because me and I'm moving there. My daughter and I'm moving there. Wink, wink. You understand me? It is what it is. He has embraced his life here. You know, he's a very low-key, quiet guy. He doesn't need much. And uh, it is what it is. My daughter says, Mom, what am I? You're a Caymanian, honey, chill. Don't be asking me no crazy questions. That's all you need to know. You're a Caymanian. She's like, yeah, but my dad's in trouble. <laughs> my dear, 
you, when people ask you, where you from? You're a Caymanian first and foremost. <laughs> Your mom is a Caymanian, right? That's all that matters. Oh, kids are so funny. Philip. Good morning, my darling. He says, love your broadcast. Hi, Philip. How are you? Thank you. We appreciate it. Anthony says, Miss Sanda, we need to stop comparing you to other news and radio people. You are YouTube. I can't even think of who they can be compared to. Maybe Rumble? Who the heck is Rumble? I don't even know who Rumble is. <laughs> That's hilarious. But yes, listen, um, you can't in life sit down and compare yourself to other people. As a person in business, I always keep an eye um, on what my competitors are doing. It doesn't mean that I'm going to obsess about it or that, you know, because sometimes that throws you off your game when you're too focused on somebody else. Focus on yourself, what you can do every single day to improve what it is that you're offering. So this platform, you know, I always have goals. We want to launch a book club. By the way, the first book that we're going to be reading is none other than um, Spare. Did y'all get your copy yet? Message me if you want a digital copy because I got it in PDF. But you know what? I say go out and buy a copy. Support the good former prince and his wife, Megan. Give them some money. Actually, it turns out that it's a bestseller. His Netflix series is the second best or most viewed Netflix hits, um, series ever in the history of documentaries. They're making money now, but you know, they also spend a lot of money. So it probably won't last too long, but support the good prince. He is telling his truth. Um, Ooh, uh, Moya says I audio booked it already. Love it. Ooh, who's narrating the audiobook? Did they do it in his voice or is it like a professional narrator? He probably has a professional narrator. Oh, God. I would have loved to have heard him narrate it. Now, that is some some property. What? I would love that. Tell me about the audiobook, though, because I love an audiobook, too. You know, honey, chill. But, um, yeah, you know, there's space. It's his voice? <gasps> oh, my God. Y'all are holding out on me. I am going to Amazon audible right now because i got audible credits uh, what's it called spare oh yes audible it's already got over twenty-two thousand reviews and they've given it 4.6 stars so 79 percent of the people loved it it is in his voice by prince harry the, du the duke of sussex himself child let me see now available instantly oh yes and i've got I've got credits. I am getting this right now. Mm -mm -mm. Buy with Audible credit. I got 12 credits. So boom, I've just ordered my audio version. Oh, honey child, I'm going to start listening. Anyway, we're going to kick off our book club. And um, this will give us an opportunity. You know what I think I'm going to do the, different about the book club? Thanks, Anthony and Moya, for letting me know that. I think we should do the book club as a closed group. So it's not going to really be like the open talk show, but we can all meet, uh, like do it like an evening or a weekend or whatever. And then we can talk about the in intricacies of his story and about the book. So y'all start to get to reading. Um, maybe tomorrow I'll give away a couple audible copies. I got lots of audible credits. Tell my credits be expiring because I don't have time to be ordering stuff anymore. So I'll give somebody... I will gift a few people. That will be tomorrow's prize. I'll gift a few of you the audio book. Uh, Sue says she has it, but hasn't started reading it yet. Oh, Morna says she wants one. All right, listen to the show tomorrow, Morna. 
uh, uh, Moya says um, he needs to drop more books. Is there more? Anthony says he talks about his privates. Is there more that he could tell us? I'm curious. I am really like, what? Yes, he talked about his first sexual experience as a teen, losing his virginity to an older woman who treated him like a horse or something. I was like, Jesus. TMI, but still we're all here for the tea. <laughs> I mean, hmm. Who doesn't want to hear how Prince lost his virginity? I tell you. Um, ooh, hey, child, I'm going to get to listening later on today. All right. Listen, beautiful people. Thank you so much. Uh, Leonard says, Sandy, love your show. So informative. Keyman needed this. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You guys are amazing. Um, I appreciate the love and support. And you know what? The days that, um, that we, you know, we're not always going to see eye to eye. The days that we have our disagreements and whatever, it's okay. We're family here on this program, right? Family are allowed to get on each other's nerves. You can tell them how you feel. They might not always like it, but you just keep it moving because there's love there. Yeah. And, and sometimes you just got to get, you got to say what you got to say and get past the feelings. All right. I'm happy to say, let me update you on this. And then I'm not even going to bother paying the news because I know that's going to be chipping in and out. Oh, God. Uh, internet issue going to be resolved today. You mark my word. Um, let me see here now. So, um, yes. Yesterday, the caller called in, and a few of you have been asking for an update. You're like, name the restaurant. I was, I was telling to name the restaurant, too. Here's, here's the deal. She called me after the show. There was actually more than one restaurant that she's had a bad experience with. And she told me the names of the restaurant. One restaurant I could do something about because I know the owner. And I called him and actually WhatsApp him immediately and said, hey, I got this complaint. I need you to call this lady and because I know he's that kind of person, too and see what this is really all about. The one about the trays and whatever. Turns out they haven't offered customers trays since COVID, right? Because I guess trays might have germs on them. I don't know, because COVID is airborne. So we need to start getting all this misinformation out of the way, right? You wash the trays properly, you disinfect the trays, you'll be fine. Um, speaking of trays, we never even got to the glove conversation today. We'll leave that for tomorrow. The question is, do you wear gloves when you cook in the kitchen or not? We'll discuss it tomorrow. Never even got to that topic today. Anyway, um, so he spoke to her and, you know, she explained to him, really, it wasn't even about the trays. You know, sometimes, have you ever had an argument with a friend or even an acquaintance or somebody says something to you and you're like, something is misplaced here. This isn't about this. This is about something bigger, something different. It turns out what really upset her is she felt like she got poor customer service. And then the manager, when he saw some work employees, government employees with their work shirts on, seemed to have rolled out the red carpet for them. And she's like, well, why is he treating them so nice? But yet I got kind of shrugged off about these trades. So that was really what she didn't appreciate. The owner called and spoke to her. And the other restaurant she mentioned, unfortunately, I don't know anybody there, child. So I don't know how to handle that experience. But anyway, um, you know, sometimes we just have to let owners and managers know what's going on because they're not working in their business every day. So if someone is having a bad day and they're, you know, passing on that horrible customer service to their clients, the owners of these businesses are not going to know that. And that is why there's nothing wrong with telling them. 
There's nothing wrong with, you know, bringing it to the table. Now, it turns out that the manager she had an issue with is actually a Caymanian. So I don't think he was ignoring her or giving her poor customer service because she's a Caymanian. I think he just doesn't understand the concept of equal service across the board, regardless of who it is. And sometimes it is so obvious that you're giving someone better service that people think, well, why am I being treated this way? Is it because I'm a Caymanian? Is it because of this or that? And people start to question. So I feel confident that that situation has been sorted out. Uh, Moya says, yes, he held back enough and he has a lot to spill in another book. Oh, Lord. Spare part two. <laughs> I wonder what he'll call it. Well, y'all have me so excited now. Um, it says, thank you for choosing this title. Start listening to your Audible. I think I'll listen to it on my iPad and I'll just hit the deliver button. And yes. Oh, shall we listen to just a little clip of it? It says, listen now. Hold on. Let's let's hear what he has to say. This is just a snippet. This? Mm-hmm. Well, I know it's audible. Start playing. What? That's the listening? Oh, child, that's my internet. Boy, listen. Listen. Linda, Linda, this internet is... All right, let me calm down. Because like I said, it's going to be resolved today. Tomorrow we'll listen to a snippet of it. Don't y'all worry. I'm 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 about solutions and I got a solution for this internet problem too. Mm-hmm. Anywho, um, I was like, why does it keep telling me it's audible? And then I remember the reason why I'm not even playing the news is because right now my internet is so jacked up with issues. Mm. Anywho, thank you, beautiful people, so much for listening to the show. Um, I got another situation here that this lady needs help with. She says, I have a huge problem. Oh Lord. I'm going to do my best to help you, honey child. Ugh, no bueno. Um, somebody says, what's the talk on the street about France? Let's save that for another day. In terms of whether or not people want him to run for office? Hmm. We got lots of time to talk about it, honey child. This person says, thanks, hon, for the update on Tammy. I love your show, as always. Um, I have been here over a week with COVID. Happy I can still listen to your show. Wouldn't miss it for the world. Keep up the great work and keeping us up to date. You are most welcome. Because um, we get our PR revoked for having an opinion, says this person who's afraid. Mm-hmm. All right, that's what it is. Uh, thank you guys so much again for tuning in. Jonathan will have the last word today. He says, um, it depends on what type of Caymanian you are. We do have a class type now. We've always had a class. Jonathan, not, not, not new. We've always had Caymanians of different classes. And you knew back in those days what your position was, oftentimes dictated by your last name, which was dictated by your skin color and other things. Cayman has always had a merchant upper class. In fact, I'm of the opinion that we have even the playing field now more than ever. Yes, because regardless of whether you're a Kirkernal, a Marin, a Fosters, whatever, you know, other people can get into to businesses. I mean, yes, they have the lion's share of certain things, but, you know, those people are very down to earth. A lot of those Caymanians, not all, but a lot of them are very down to earth people and they interact and they, you know, they're afraid of bad press just like everybody else. They're afraid of Cayman Mall Road too. So, um, 
the playing field has has been evened, in my opinion, a lot more than it was back in the day. Yes? All right, my beautiful people. Let's see if we can play the outro. I doubt it without it chipping in and out. But you guys have a wonderful day. And I will see you tomorrow morning, bright and early at 7.30 a.m. Peppermint, sorrel, ginger, fever grass, or English. Get it ready. Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey child. On the cold, hard truth. Bobo, 89.1, and Cayman's. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Not even be bothered with the skipping and the, and the scraping by because of my internet. Y'all have a beautiful day. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Stay blessed, not stressed.